do you have like $15 I can borrow? <laughs> I got to pay, pay for parking downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, are you serious? No. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Kids in the Room podcast. The Kids in the Room podcast. That's right. That's right. Brought to you by Move Faces. Let's, let's talk about a little let's bit. Let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about your, you know, how'd you get here? Your, your childhood, you know, who are you? Like, how did you get here, man? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for asking. <laughs> I've had a pretty cool uh, life, you know, very lucky because I, as a child, you know, I was born on a revolution, actually, which is cool. 1979. That's when Iran had a revolution. Uh, but luckily for me, my mom was a stewardess in Iran Air. And so I was able to be born in America. So I have like an American citizenship. And then when I was around eight months old, we went back to Iran to live in the revolution, right? And uh, my family was actually not the religious side. So it was kind of on the bad end of it. And immediately following the revolution, there was a war with Iran and Iraq or Iraq. I got to say it the right way for the real ones, you know. Um, so Iran and Iraq were having a war. So I lived in that for 10 years. And when I was about to turn 10-ish, that's when the military starts like talking to your parents. And my mom's like, my kid's not meant for war. <laughs> He's not the war type. He's not going to survive. So she used my citizenship um, and escaped my father, who wasn't the greatest, you know. And we ended up coming to America. Shout out to my mom, $500 in her pocket. No grasp of the language. And worked our way up. We came to a little town called Lemon Grove, which is very close to Mexico. I thought Americans were Mexican for the first time. Like when I first came to America, I was like, Americans are like, they're Mexicans. I was like, cool. And they kind of are if you think about it. Like Los Angeles was Mexico. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so we just kept working out here. Wow, that's interesting. You also mentioned something about your father. You said, you know, like, what was the relationship with you guys, man? Like, he's like, he's, is, he, is he back in Iran or... No, you have no idea. Honestly, yeah. Out of respect for my mom, I don't keep track. You you choose a side, and I chose my mama. <laughs> right? Wow. Do you have to choose a side? Why? Because my mom didn't like him for whatever reason. And it's funny because now that I'm an adult, I realize how it's very nuanced relationships, and maybe my dad wasn't as wrong as I think he might have been, right? or I was told he was, because I have certain memories of it to justify what I've done, but still it's nuanced, you know? Sometimes like, you're yelling, but maybe they did something that you're yelling at. You're not just the instigator. You never know, but you know, you gotta, you gotta choose a side. I, I like to live in a black and white world. I don't like to live in a gray area. And my love for my mother is unconditional, <laughs> right? So whatever she wants, I do. All right, she's the only family I have. All right, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just always think it's funny if you have to you know, choose a side, and there's always two sides to a story, and it's like, you know, you never know what she's telling you, or vice versa. And I'm not saying anything bad about any mothers out there, but you never know what the other person is saying, or what they did, or vice versa. If you were, if you weren't really there, there's not enough context, you know. Absolutely, and that's why you just have to go on. I'm in my mama gang. I'm in gang right. mama. Like, I don't think I could just, like, you know. She jumped me in. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I don't know. I, I just think, like, you know, if my father was uh, still alive, you know, I, I don't think I could choose a side 
based off what my mother just told me. That's just me. That's true. But do you have childhood memories of your dad like hitting your mom? No, I don't. Okay, I have those. So it's kind of see. You didn't mention that. Well, that's <laughs> that's a, that's a big part. It's weird. <laughs> it, it, yeah, but you get what I mean. So you have uh, there's reasons why I made like an educated guess. Also, who knows where my dad is? So uh, you know he ain't here to defend himself. I'm a drink the mama Kool Aid. You know. <laughs> right. I wonder if he ever like went looking for you and shit like that. Who knows? It's crazy. But life is good. You know, one of my one of my secret powers that like seriously like that's helped me in life not a, it's not a secret power i'm so sorry uh, a, a, a thing that has happened that was i guess i look at it almost as a fortunate thing is i don't have a family i just have me and my mom and my stepdad that's it which is like my dad now you know um but i only have those two and my girlfriend now and our dog <laughs> that's it that's all the people I have to worry about like people that have big families they're always like it's beautiful. If you're going to fight your cousins, come get your back. That's nice. I, I wish I had that sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, or your brother comes in and gives you some advice or your dad comes in and goes, listen, you're about to kiss a girl. Does that right? I never had any of that. But um, on the flip side of that, I never had any of that. Right? I didn't have to worry about any drama. I didn't have to like worry about helping somebody uh, that's, a relative right someone does something i gotta go get them out of a mess lend money whatever it is i've never had any of that either right buy a ton of birthday presents for a ton of siblings or so it's kind of cool too it's you can look at it both ways i think and i chose to see the good side of it for me i guess yeah if that makes sense no, that makes sense it makes okay. sense it makes sense yeah, I, I think I also want to talk about, you know, your journey, right? Your journey before, like, all right, because yeah. you, you're a comedian now, uh, you know, you also do uh, creative directing and things like that. And, you know, but um, how did you get here? Well, you're in L.A. You're well, I was a comedian. Lucky, how did yeah. you get here? I was lucky enough to be brought here, right? Because of the war and revolution situation after 10 years. But basically... I sucked at school, right? Horrible. Barely made it through high school. And I was like, what skills do I have? And all I ever did was just draw Bart Simpsons and Spider-Mans as a child. And somehow that led into a field of graphic design. And I mean, I started at Kinko's. I started at the very bottom. A lot of people went to, got to go to school, college. But I, I got accepted to a place called Pasadena Art Center. And we get there and I'll never forget the lady was like, okay, you're in. You had to do like a little portfolio. And she's like, you're in. I'm like, oh my God, I made it to college, you know? Like, holy shit. And she's like, yeah, all right, do you have the money? <laughs> I was like, what you mean? She's like, yeah, it's gonna cost you about $100,000 plus. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> $100,000 for 17-year-old me, right? And I was working at th since 13 on, so I kind of understood money, you know? That was like a bazillion dollars. I was like, screw this. So I got a job at Kinko's and kept working my way up into daily news, from daily news into like shitty magazines, from shitty magazines to advertising agencies and so on and so forth. And then uh, I reached a level in advertising where I was like, okay, they're paying me right. Like for what my job is worth, like anybody else that went to college, well, I was on par with those guys, the best of them. And I kind of maxed out. 
I was like, what else can I do with this kind of like weird skills, right? No college degree, but I kind of have a profession. What do I do with this career? And one of my friends was like, you know, the, we were at a party and these guys were like, oh, you work in advertising? I was kind of proud. I was like, yeah, I work in advertising, you know? Like, oh, you work in advertising? Ugh, that's scummy. We're filmmakers. And I kind of was like, okay. Like, I felt like shit. And then I got pissed off and I was like, you know what? I can make a movie. So I went and I wrote and directed a short film, got into film festival, invited those assholes to the Man Chinese Theater on my first try, you know? And after that, I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. But filmmaking is such an event, you know? Um, like, it's such a team sport. And uh, I was like, it's too big, you know? And pandemic hit and stuff. And I was like, what else can I do? Comedy. So we hit the parks and I started doing comedy open mics for like in front of homeless people at like Pan Pacific Park in Los Angeles and different locations like that. And now I'm doing shows at like the Comedy Chateau. I've performed at the Ha Ha. Um, so it's a fun journey. And that's kind of where I'm at now. What makes someone funny? Well, there's two kinds of funnies, I think. This is just my opinion, right? There's two kinds of funnies. There's natural funny. You're natural funny, right? And then there is writing funny. You understand formula. Comedy is a formula. Every, everything's a formula, sadly. As much as artists want to say, I'm special, the truth of it is everybody can learn. You know, everybody. Anybody can do it. It's just a matter of learning the fundamentals of it and just applying it over and over and over and over. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Uh, the only thing I'm good at is consistency. Keep trying. Yeah, in technology, we, we typically call it a framework. So it's like, mm. you have to have a framework. I believe yeah. everything has a framework. Wire, we, we, I wireframe. Yeah. Well, wireframe is different from a framework. No, I, I, I was just but, trying to show off. All yeah, right, cool. I'm with there you. you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't use fancy words around me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's the same thing, though. Yes. You know, it's the same thing. It's, you know, having a framework where you can go by and, you know, um, and, and, and just use that anytime you want to actually think things to scale. Um, it's interesting. But yeah, let's. All right, so so you think, you know, um, those are there are two types of comedians. I don't know. I think there's like there's there's variant. Types I never of comedians. said there's two types of comedians. I just said there's two lanes that like it's simple. There's the people that are naturally funny. Right. And then there's the people that understand and study the craft right right because i feel like you can do both no no of course and the great ones are both but my and i'm not i'm just saying but that's you said what makes a funny person i go if you're just starting off if you're not naturally funny right if you're not one of those guys that's like (laughs) right like you get on stage and you juggle and people love your face and you just um you would know if you're that right if you based on your high school friends and colleges you'll you know if you're funny Right? I feel like I feel like funny like I feel what you know what makes someone funny is when you can you know when you tell a story that mm-hmm. resonates with people. Yeah, but that's storytelling. That's comedy in a different way, right? Like we're talking stand up because mm-hmm. I that's what I was relating into. So if we're if we're talking funny in general, yeah, like screenplays and movies, they're funny too. That's a whole different level of funny, right? Like The Hangover is a funny movie. Um, uh, Ace Ventura funny movie right but it just so happens that Ace Ventura, uh, Jim Carrey was also a stand-up comedian 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm also talking about like um, I'm talking about you know um, I'm talking about stand up as well, mm -hmm. right? I'm also talking about less of a. Well, I'm also talking less about less of a comedian. I'm talking more about you know stand up because like I feel like stand up you can write a summary script of topics and you can tell these certain jokes and you can kind of just go through them. But I, what mm -hmm. always intrigues me is like what some people think is funny. Like for me, I don't like dry humor. Yeah, I don't like witty, dry humor, like it's, or, or or sarcasm humor. humor really, humor. I don't like it because it's like, it's like it's like being a dick, but not. It's like I, I, I'm really, you know, are you a dick? Are you full of shit or not? Like I need, I need, I don't like that. I don't like that gray area when it comes to that. You know, I want like, are you just like a fucking asshole? Are you just talking shit, or are you being like sincere? Or are you being honest? Or but what, what is your being, deal? What if your honesty is a sarcastic asshole? I don't know. There's people a are like that. There's a different type, but I feel like a lot of people. There's that dry sarcasm. I don't like that. Fair. Anything no, with dry again, sarcasm, your, it sounds taste. like you're talking shit. Is your taste? Yeah, it is. I. Some people like that. I, I don't work, like it. I work with a person. I won't say her name, uh, but J is her first initial. Uh, uh, H is her last name. <laughs> but okay, her name is Jill. Okay, <laughs> get it out of me. Jill Hudson. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> very close. Uh, but she doesn't like cucumbers, or watermelon, or watermelon, and those are my two favorite things in the entire world like out of the fruits she doesn't eat those two and i think that's crazy to me but that's her taste to me those are my two honestly like first cucumber then watermelon those are my two favorite are they considered fruits i'm an idiot so i don't know but i they're, i think they're fruits but those are my two favorite like fruits you know if you say out of all the fruits in the world pick two i'm picking those two you know to live off forever she hates those so it's taste. You, you know what I mean? It's subjective, my point. Um, so somebody might love sarcastic, dry humor. People, some people might like totally love it, but you're just like, eh. And that's what's interesting, right? It's like, how do you navigate as a comedian to make everybody uh, or most people like you? I feel like there's just like this, this, I think there's like a more of a general type of a comedian that mostly everybody can resonate with. I feel like everybody won't resonate with the same comedian, but I feel like there's a general comedian. Well, the great ones get most people like right. Leno. Yeah. Leno gets everybody. I feel. Right? Yeah. But you can kind of tell, Jay, but Jay you can kind of tell Jay's he's being sarcastic, but it's playful. But everybody, but my point is he has mastered that to get to that level. Right. But it, it feels like it's that. not offensive though. Like there's a lot of people who go around as comedians and they're like, Oh, I was telling a joke, and they're just like a smart ass. And it's like, dude, are you talking shit, bro? That's early stages. Like me, I'm there. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean, though. That's early. Like, like the longer you go, it, it's like a sculptor, right? Like Michelangelo sculpted the David out of one block. You know what I mean? He had to get there to be able to do that. Like, what's your what's your obsession with Michelangelo? I'm not. I'm obsessed with. Leonardo. Oh, it's Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. What's your obsession with this? He was a curious person and you know when like okay this is gonna sound crazy but why not right let's, 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 let's pretend there's a safe space for a sec <laughs> um when i was when i was a when i was a kid i had an invisible friend as a child right self-coping mechanism and then when i came to america between the ages of 10 to 14 i didn't speak english so nobody talked to me and by the way, my name is Arash. It's spelled A-Rash. 
A-R-A-S-H. So everybody just made fun of me. <laughs> I don't blame them. I'd make fun of me too, right? But they just, so I had no friends. So I had to go into my own imagination, and right? And so I had invisible friends and whatever in my head and I would like play with myself. And, I, and then I discovered like, I would do things like different things. You know, curiosity hits you, right? Well, you were playing with yourself? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Hasn't stopped. <laughs> it will never stop. Until <laughs> I'm <am> dead. <laughs> but like, uh, so, so, and then I was like, oh my God, it's so much fun to learn different things, right? And eventually, as I grew up, I discovered Leonardo da Vinci. And I was like, wow. He was kind of an outcast. Not that I'm an outcast, like whatever. But he was a people. People thought he was a weirdo, and everything he did, he was like naturally good at. I'm not comparing my natural abilities to his natural abilities in any way. But you know, we all have gifts, you know. And like creativity, vague as that is, is my kind of gift, right? Again, I think it's from being a kid that played with himself for so many years. I think your brain develops a certain way, right? So. And then I was like, wow, this guy did everything. He basically invented, he was a, of course, we all know he was a master painter. He was a master sculptor. He dissected people. I don't want to do that, but he, that's cool. You know, when it was a rebellious thing to do. Also, people might not know this. It's assumed that he was gay, which I think is cool because like you have to be very brave back then. Cause it was like, so he lived a very crazy life. You know, he was bullied, right? Um, I'm not gay, but I had a messed up name. Right, so there was like a he had a cool name, <laughs> Leonardo, but but uh, he was also a uh, he he he's a bastard child, right? So he didn't really have a mother. He had a father, but I, I had a mother, right? One parent, and he was basically able to be in many rooms of many with many different people, and was able to actually learn, conversate, contribute. To all kinds of, he, if he was in a room with a sculptor, right, Donatello, they could rap in my in my head. You know, they'd be like, "Yeah, this is techniques, cool. What do you do? This is what I do, right?" If he was in a room with painters, he can rap, right? Blah blah blah. What do you do? This is what I do. He was in a room with inventors, he can talk, right? Yeah, this is my invention. What's your invention, right? If he was in a room with stage designers, uh, he did. Uh, and on honestly, and keep going. He was a map. He did, he created a map like a one-to-one -one map that's almost as accurate as if there was a satellite image of it, which is incredible if you think of like his inventions. He had war inventions. He was able to uh, come up with weapons, obviously. Uh, he was able to come up with different ways of like routing the water in different cities to help with energy and sewage. So he did everything, literally everything. And I just fascinated with people like that. And more important than, more importantly, he just didn't write about it and think about it. He often executed these things, which is insane. Like the world's first helicopter, he's, in, he's contributed. The world's first parachute, Leonardo. Under the scuba shit, Leonardo. You know, like all these things are all his. And sure, back then, not a lot of things were invented. <laughs> so he had that advantage. But what a, what a human, like what a, what a superhuman. He's, he's equivalent to Elon, except he was never chasing necessarily wealth. Leonardo was always like, he was almost like an uh, art. If he was alive today, I think one of the things he would do, he would be an art director, kind of like what I do uh, from my day job. 
I think he would be because you get to touch many different things. And so that's my thought. And I'm fascinated. And I What's going on here, man? You, you, you I'm tangent. touch many things. You play with yourself. Are you okay? <laughs> no, no, I'm not okay. I'm not okay at all. No, no, no. Seriously. No, no. I, I get your point about. You get it? And I get your point about Leonardo. Right. All of it. I jokingly say third best in every room. I know you don't like that. I fucking hate that. Hate, yeah. But but to me it's funny. But you know, because it's like what third? Like, uh, but in every room, being number three, because three you're still on the podium. You're not a loser. See, I like to say this. I like to say like everything I like to be able to do. I like to do it to the quality of at least eighty to ninety percent. Yeah, that's third place. No, you get podium. No, I think podium. Eighty percent and ninety percent. But I'm not saying like in in and as far as like any room I go into per se, things that I'm able to do. So for example, mm -hmm. when I'm putting together the pod, I'm thinking about, you know, what's what's an audio technician or audio engineer need to do. Yeah. I need to make sure that I get the audio engineering quality up to 80 minimal, right? 90%, yeah. amazing. Absolutely. I don't always go for 100% because 100% is almost perfection and it's harder to actually hit that. And I feel like 80%, you know, appeals to most people. 90% mm -hmm. is fucking amazing. But see, you're talking audio, right? Right. Again, because I chased that Da Vinci life, I can talk audio with you right now. Right. So where are you at? Between 6 and 18? Like negative 6 and negative 18? Is that where the sweet spot is for your... For what? Uh, for, my for, sound leveling? For sound leveling. Yeah, is I go 18 negative uh, uh, luffs. There you go. See, I can talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. Because I also do... You know what I mean? I try to learn as much as possible. And I do because it's fun. Like, like you have so much I can learn from and the fact that maybe I can impress you a little bit by saying, oh, this guy is not totally full of shit. He knows a little bit about everything. To me, that's fun because I like, I like having cool friends. By cool friends, I mean, yeah, you might be a good person. Yeah, you might have great, like, but really, I'm fascinated by doers, you know? And to me, there's nothing sexier than having friends that are doers. You know what I mean? No, I know totally what you mean. It's, it, 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 it empowers you and inspires you. I it, love it, It inspires too. me yeah. so much. Makes you want to go more. It inspires me. I just go, wow, look at my friends. Like, like, look at these people that call me their friend. You know what I mean? Like, holy moly, right? I get goosebumps thinking of, like, I have some friends that are CEOs, right? This guy, I went and visited him, uh, Eric Lundgren. He's CEO of Big Battery. I just went and visited his new facility. I'm like, holy moly, this kid's like way younger than me. He's such a genius, you know? And he like runs this big company and it's like the size of Costco, his, his office. And he just keeps doing crazy inventions. He recycles Tesla batteries. You know, he's, he's doing good work for the planet. But just people like that, people like you, you know? Um, I, I got another friend, friend of mine, Chris. Uh, he is a part, he, he has a part, a big part with this brand, Municipal. Uh, cl clothing line and he's a VP of creative creator. He has some fancy title over there, but like, I love that guy. He's such an inspirational story, you know, such doers. And it just, I'm so inspired by these people, you know, like I got a friend uh, that just so happened to be my neighbor that I just recently met. His name is Slim Boogie. He's a dancer. He actually works with Chris Brown and uh, many other people. He's collaborated incredible talent you know like if you see how he dances because i'm not the biggest dan uh, dance fan like all around dance like dancing with the stars i can live without that kind of stuff but what he does is art he story tells you know with his body and that kind of stuff it's just i don't know this town is such a beautiful place and the the more of those people i could 
kind of be inspired by and for them to just also look at me and be like you're a real one too nothing makes me happier than that you know no amount of money no amount of like fame would ever replace like a one-on-one relationship with somebody that i respect and admire creatively like i'm emotional right now thinking about it is la trash so i have a joke about that because you know i i consider myself being born here even though i came at 10 years old but that's all i know is la i always go you know la is always people are always like la is full of fake people la is full of fake, fake people i'm like you know why la is full of fake people because all you people moved here <laughs> okay before you guys moved here la was awesome la was full of gang members and artists and sometimes they would fuck and give birth to graffiti artists <laughs> la was the best now la is full of fake people because and it's not though you know I, it's a joke but it's a little bit of truth and that is that everybody comes here to t- chase their dreams and that's amazing but now you have to basically uh it's very it's harder for people to get discovered because there's so much right the cloud is darker so you have to shoot through it your light has to be brighter than it even needed to be because the clouds are darker you know do I sound like an asshole? No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that—that that, that's pretty awesome. So let's let's talk about this too. Who's your favorite comedian? Many, but I like to go uh, my my personal favorite. If I had to say, if I can be in a room with one, Ricky Gervais. Cool. Why? Yeah, I love him because he says what he wants. Hilarious. You know when he was. Poor, he talked about being poor, pulled it off. Now that he's filthy rich, he talks about being filthy rich, pulls it off. Um, but he's just a real one, you know? He's also an animal lover. Uh, like me, I don't think he's trying to have, he doesn't want to have kids. He's with a girl that he n- never married, but is with for life, which I think is super romantic, more than people that get married, because it's, to, maybe I'm just old fashioned, or new fashion, but staying with somebody when at all, when you don't have to, because marriage kind of like makes it a little harder to break up when you don't have that and you still stay together. How wrong, like what a, that would be a rom-com, you know? And Ricky Gervais is living that life. And yeah, he's all about animals. And most importantly, I think he's a creative genius, like comedy, writing, directing, producing. Um, Yeah, he's my hero. Who's more funnier, Eddie Murphy or Eddie Murphy? Murphy. Why? Or or who? Oh, no. Who Who are you going to say? I mean, come on. He paved the way, but who? who? I would say, you know, if you were looking at it, I would say probably, who's your most funniest comedian? I would say probably right now. Like there's there's Chris Rock and there's like Eddie Murphy. And there's a lot of people saying Chris Rock is so funny, but it's like, was he ever that funny? Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock? Chris Rock. Chris Rock was incredible. What do you mean was is incredibly funny? I, I find him I find Chris Rock funny, incredibly. but I find Eddie Murphy just like I don't know, just ridiculously fucking funny. Well, Eddie Murphy is one of the goats. Eddie Murphy goes on Mount Rushmore. Who are the goats to you? I mean for me, God, I'm so not qualified on this. But uh if I was to with my humble list, I would say George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, for me. For me, right? There's uh, like you you would say um, George Cullen, Eddie Murphy, Ricky Gervais, 
this is just my goat. I, I, this is a wrong list. There's many people that deserve to be on there more. Richard Pryor, yeah. right? And Chappelle has to go on there just because look what he's achieved. You know, I put Joe Rogan on there just because Joe Rogan, okay. Would you say Joe Rogan is the funniest comedian in the world compared to like a Chappelle? I don't know, maybe it's subjective, but he's been so good for the culture. Like what he's preached is like, he's preached love and positivity with his stuff. He's always like, you bring up the guy next to you. Everyone's like makes fun of like, oh, you listen to Joe Rogan podcast, but everybody does, you know, like I'm, I'm not as embarrassed to listen to somebody that's awesome. Like, I'm sorry. I'm pay, give the person their dues for doing something. But not only I've learned so much from that podcast, because similar to yours, uh, he has eclectic guests. Like, I'm a relatively nobody, but you still have me because maybe I have an interesting story possibly, right? Which is awesome. You're not only going for clickbait. This guy has a bazillion followers, right? I have 400 followers on Instagram, but you still got me on here. It's very nice of you. And I appreciate that. And uh, Joe Rogan does that too. He gets Elon Musk, but he also gets a guy that nobody might know that maybe shines some light on somebody, you know, that he thinks deserves it. And I've learned so much from from that show. So he goes on there, too, just because he is a big part of comedy, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Th those would be I'm going to stop there for now. Yeah, I think I like like, you know, there's Eddie Murphy, there's Tommy Davison. There's, um, you know, um, the Wayne brothers. Um, oh there's, God. I just saw, uh, Damon Wayne's perform three nights ago. He just popped into the ha ha. Wow. How cool. He's such a G bro. Yeah. I walked up to him. I go, Hey, I'm a comic. Can I ask you a question? He goes, sure. <laughs> I was like the first half, were you just riffing? He's like, yep. Like, God damn. There's levels to this shit. Cause he was so funny and he was just riffing, you know? Funnier than I could ever wish to be. And he was in, that wasn't even his material. He was just like thinking out loud. I don't know. I saw like a, I think there was a Netflix special I think that he had and it wasn't as funny as it used to be. I was like, man, okay. what's this? this but people dry. get rich and like. It was dry. Like even Eddie Murphy is not funny like he used to be. His movies are just like, uh. But don't forget. But he's fucking, you go Beverly Hills Cop? What? Mm. Trading, you know, uh, trading, trading places. places um, first 48 or The 49. Golden Child. The Golden Child. A bird, a bird, a bird up on the tree. <laughs> that Eddie Murphy laugh is classic. <laughs> yeah, it's that is honestly what's more. Think of that. It's like just do it. Yeah, Eddie like Nike's logo. That laugh, that noise that he mm -hmm. makes when he laughs. Like those things are forever embedded in. I things. love that shit. Like there was like there was a I forgot which movie it was on when Eddie Murphy's, but he goes like, you know, um, he said I have I have two daughters. I have two twin daughters with pigtails, Monique and Unique. <laughs> So like when people always be like, "Hey man, do you have any? Uh, you know, you have any? Uh, you have any daughters?" I say, "Yeah, Monique and Unique." <laughs> that's, that's if you get it, you get it, you yeah, know. But if yeah, you don't, you know, it's funny, dude. You know, um, I I was watching Jimmy Kimmel and Martin. God, what is it? Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence. Oh my God, he, he used was, to be hilarious. He still is, but like, so he was on there promoting something new, and he just J Jimmy Kimmel just dropped this on him. It was fascinating. He's like, hey, is it true that your daughter is dating Eddie Murphy's son? Because that's dope. And then he said what everybody's thinking. is like, those are going to have a super comedy baby, like super comedy child baby. Because you know how maybe it skips a generation? So let's just say it skips a generation. That kid's going to be a G, bro. Like imagine those two as your lineage of just natural, right? Like who didn't love Martin? 
my uh, like come on i grew up with that you know damn gina damn gina or or sh- was it shenane shenane yeah i can't remember in living color and uh martin had almost like a very similar jamie yeah, fox yeah. shout out jamie one of the go oh he goes on my mountain rush motor yeah jamie fox of course you gotta put it there he was He's super funny he's it. still funny i want to i want to also include jamie fox for the record on the mount rushmore yeah Jamie Foxx, really great guy. My favorite, he's he's probably my favorite out of uh, Ricky Gervais's favorite comedian, but as a favorite overall Leonardo da Vinci kind of person, Jamie Foxx and Childish Gambino, aka Danny Glover, those two are my idols. You know, I'm 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 digging the Jamie Foxx. I think Childish Gambino is super talented. Oh boy, what are you gonna say about Childish Gambino, bro, Mr. Glover? Here, I just don't. I don't know. I think he's like. I think he's a. I think he's a genius in his own right. But something Why about it. You're a genius something you're not. for about something about it for me about him. It's just. Uh, I, I just don't. Is it because he's young? No, it's just like he's just, there's this cornballness that I get from him. Oh, it's, that's just cheesiness. P- see, you see cheesiness. I see childhood cu- uh, curiosity. There's like an awkwardness. I see childhood creativity. I don't know. I just feel like there's an awkwardness that I just can't click with him on. You know, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's super talented. And Kanye is up there too. Forget his. For, I'm only but talking I can about click achievements. With Kanye. I can only talk about achievements. Yeah, right? I can click with Kanye. Yeah. I just can't click with Childish Gambino. Really? And I the, think he's amazingly talented. I think his show ATL or sorry Atlanta is really amazing content and, sure. and, and show. But I don't even. I can't watch it because just like. It's all right. Okay. It's fair. it's subjective. Unfortunately, but he's done a lot of amazing things. So I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and like. Yeah. I'm not want to bash him. Think of all the arenas those two can. He's very in. talented. But Jamie Fox and Danny Glover, those two can walk into so many rooms and just be like straight up like Da Vinci. You know, like I'm here, mother effers. Give me the mic and get the f out of my fucking way. shit? And boom, boom, boom. Right? It's crazy. Give me a mic. Give me a pen. Give me a camera. Give me a, all of it. Childish Gambino, bro. Danny Glover, like all of it. It's like it's 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 it's, it's wait. Is Jamie Foxx married? He has a lot of kids too, right? Who knows? I don't know anything about him. A lot of these guys. I don't know anything about him. A lot world. of guys have like a lot of you see a lot of celebrities with a lot of kids, and a lot of and a lot of times some of them are not married, which is fine. I mean, I think marriage almost is somewhat. You know, historic. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of like in the past. I don't know if it's like you know, people are still doing it. But I feel like marriage is like it's harder to to uh, justify these days, especially for men when you you get like all your shit taken from you. No matter what, you're fucked. Well, okay. There's no good deal of it for you. Fair, I agree. But also, that to me personally, I want to flash back to the Ricky Gervais thing. I was saying is I think it's more romantic to stay together. Uh, if if you don't have kids, that is. If you have kids, get married so your kids could be like mom and dad are married, and you know they're not awkward. But if you don't have kids and you really love each other, you can throw a party that's like a wedding kind of party, like to get that out of the system. But there's no re- reason to get married because both of you are going to be miserable if anything. Ha- you know. But again, if you have to separate, it's going to suck. But if you don't separate, it's the coolest thing. Muy romantico. That's a Spanish. Very. That's Spanish. Si, si, si. Oh, you speak? Yeah. Oh, si, hablas Spanish? Si, si, si. Tu entiendes? Do? Tu entiendes? Tu entiendes. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't go on Tinder, no. No, mira. Me, I understand, boss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no entiendes nada. Nunca. <laughs> I, listen, I Mexican food is my all-time favorite. 
and I can order like a professional. I can be there. Oh, hola, señora, señora, por favor, uh, carnesada burrito, no frijoles, uh, por favor. Ah, sí, sí, sí. Gracias. Poquito? Uh, sí. Grande. Ah, grande, ah, sí, sí, sí. sí. No más, no más. Uh, mucho más. Ah, sí, claro. Gracias. Ah, sí. Bien, 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 bien. That's, but I think that's just my duty as a Los Angeles guy. Ah. You know? Also, like, Los Angeles, we're, we're from LA. We're not Angelinos. Okay? Can we put a stop to that? Angelino? That sounds like it, a horrible I restaurant. think it was, I think it was like, because it was like the, uh, quote unquote, I don't like when they say this, but like uh, the Afro-Mexicana lady who supposedly it was named after. Right. Or indigenous lady. Yeah. Sure. And no offense to any of, any of those people, but to me, it just sounds like a crappy restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't eat at the Angelino. There was a girl I used to work with. Her Her name was Angelina. Jolie? No. no. Angelino no, Jolie. Her name was Angelina. <laughs> Angelina. And I remember this uh, old creepy guy that used to work there. He would say, ooh, Andalita. Ooh, I was yeah. like, what is it's he, always an old what are you guy. talking about? It's always an old creepy guy, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh la la. <laughs> One day I hope to become that old creepy guy. <laughs> that no, you, I don't think that you want to become lived, this guy. That means you've lived a long life. Right. Wow. Eddie Murphy, though. Trading places. Great. Golden child. Solid. Yeah. Amazing guy. Jamie Foxx. What? Ray? Right? Incredible. What other ones? He's a banger. Uh, Ali. Ali, yeah. Can't leave it out. And he's about to do Tyson? Tyson's coming up. Jamie Foxx doing Tyson. That's going to be an epic movie. Can't oh wait to watch God. it. His impression is sold that on. Yeah. What a... I don't know. I'm just such a fan of these guys. And that's why I do these things, just to spiritually get a little closer to these guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Just because, uh, yeah, I admire... I, I admire these people so much. I don't know. I think I'm more like when I like to talk, when I like comedy, I like just grittier comedy that just. What do you want? What kind of. Like, like what? I'm saying that, that just like it resonates, right? It resonates with, with anybody you speak to. Oh, they don't have to hard. be a part. They don't have to be a part that's of the so culture, hard. but they just get that shit. That's and so Eddie Murphy. Hard. But it, I, I, I think for e the word everybody, that's such a difficult thing to achieve. And I don't want to say everybody, but I'm saying the majority just get that shit. It's just funny. You don't have to be in the same culture. You yeah. don't have to know that 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 same thing, but you just kind of know, and it's just hella funny. Like right. when Eddie Murphy would tell fucking jokes, like you know, like everybody didn't have a kid named Monique and Unique, right. but everybody knew the name just sounded right. funny. It was Monique, and it was Unique. It's just right. hilarious. It's funny, you know. It it was just like, you know, when he when he was in Golden Child, and you know, he was in the Tibet temple, and he's like, and and you know, there was a Tibetan guy, and he's like. She says, she asked him, she goes, uh, you have to, you know, ask him, please, or you have to request it if I'm paraphrasing that right. And he's like, he looks, he's like, that's the, that's the, he said, that's the guy who, he said, that was the guy who stole my dollar bill. You know, that was right. the guy, neck, little naked believe. guy walking around with my dollar bill. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> what's this guy? Like, that's just hella funny. I don't care who it's, you are. No, it's funny. It's universal funny. But and then like, he, well, we, uh, let me finish. Wait, I got to finish this shit. And then he goes on, like, I'm going to bring you back. And then when he goes on like this, like wooden thing in the wall and he has to request, he goes, ah, 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 want the mic, please. You don't have to be Tibetan. You don't have to be whatever you, you're just going to be like, what is that, dude? You know what I'm saying? You know, the gift. Yeah. Beverly Hills cop, you know, he was, you know. He said, "Hey, hey, Axel, I, 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 I thought you weren't a thief." And he, and he, and he breaks inside of the cars, and he's like, 
and he tells a joke. He's like, yeah, but you know, um, I forgot what the joke was, what he would say, but he, right. it was hella funny. And then he'd do that laugh at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I can't do it, but I love it. But that's a signature. But yeah. like, it doesn't matter who you are. It resonates. It resonates. Okay, that's true. But when you're doing stand-up, it's hard because, uh, one, it's a very hard thing to do. Okay. What about Raw? He killed it. No, no, no. But Eddie Murphy is one of... A, you know, one in a bazillion. You know, and what I'm I need saying? that. I, I'm not easily amused. But, but Eddie Murphy is one in a bazillion. Like he's. One I of agree those. with you, but I'm not easily amused. Right, but I need a Martin. I need to laugh. Fair. If you tell like, me some, but corny would you laugh? Would you? I'm curious if you would laugh at my sets because I I try to make points. Me and me and a buddy of mine, Paul Roseberry, he's a comedian. He's a funny guy. We we're talking about the nuances of comedy, and uh, the thing is, you can go before. Okay, so for example, a Dave Chappelle. Or one of these big, huge names, okay? One of my favorite comedians, Earthquake. Check them out. Um, these guys, they're a certain level. When people go and visit them or to, to watch them perform, they already know a little bit about them. So they don't necessarily need to win the crowd over because they've already won the crowd over through their very long, illustrious careers. You know what I mean? Is that a word? They, they've won the crowd over. But like, if you're a new comedian... And no one knows. And you're performing. You got five, ten minutes maybe. If you go in there and just start doing jokes right away, right? People are gonna. People might not. Because a lot of times the crowd, people are sitting with their hands crossed. Kind of like this a little bit, you know. There's a guy. He's. And I don't blame him. I've been that guy in the audience. You're like, my, I'm doing. I'm enjoying this with my girl. But I'm not going to laugh at this douchebag. My girl. Like, screw this guy. You know what I mean? He's going to earn my. He's going to earn my laugh. So. When you're a comedian, you go on stage, before you start doing your jokes, you have to acknowledge the crowd a little bit and start having like a conversation with them, right? Like one of my opening lines is I talk about hobbies, right? And I, always, I have a joke about, I go, guys, guys, hey, how's it going? What's going on, guys? You know, uh, does anybody, oh, sorry, I go, hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Yeah. And I'll find a couple. I'll be like, oh, you guys are a cute couple. Do you guys live together? And they'll be like, yeah, right, hopefully. And I'll be like, cool. Tell, bro, tell me if this has ever happened to you. The other day, I was at home minding my own business. And my girlfriend walked up and goes, you know what? You need a hobby. And I looked at her and I said, what do you think you are? <laughs> right? And then that gets a little laugh because it's kind of messed up. And I'll be like, but then, you know, my girlfriend, she just like, Shrugs her shoulders, starts texting. And I'm like, who are you texting? And she's like, my hobby, right? And then so like the crowd laughs again because she won, right? And I'll go, she always wins, she always wins. And then I'll be like, but yeah, she's right. Like I need a hobby. Does anybody here have hobbies? And then I'll start crowd working and asking and people will throw out hobbies that they have and I'll try to like be silly. And then that, once that moment, and that's a version, right? Like there's a bazillion ways of doing that. Once that happens, then the crowd might, open up to you and then now they'll laugh at your jokes right i feel i feel like what you're saying is like breaking the ice but i feel like you know what makes somebody almost a, i don't even say great they don't have to be great but somebody's going to consistently hit in, in the pocket it's like you just said this joke the joke was like you know you said you know you went in there and you said you know to your girl i mean you said to the couple you said hey look you know um you know what your um like uh she said to you like do you have a hobby or something or something mm, well no i find the couple first and I see. Can you guys relate to this? Story? Right, but I'm but I'm going on the story, right? Uh -huh. Paraphrasing it. Yeah. That you, you you said like, do you have your hobby? And you said, hey, what do you think you are? My girl sees me sitting down quiet, doing right. nothing, and she's like, you know what? You need a hobby. 
And then I look at her and I say, what do you think you are? Right? Because she's the hobby. Right? Ha, ha, ha. I, see, I think, the, I, think the pro- she, I think the problem about that particular joke is it's dry. There you go. It's like you have to. That's what I'm saying. I'm curious. You have, if you're to, you have to hold up and get that one. But you, when we were at the, uh, but when we were at the, uh, the taqueria, yeah, you told one that was really funny about the, 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 the different cultures the different and like cultures. how they do. The, you know, I think it's about how you tell them. How you tell them. It's in the moment. So this is not a no, joking. No, no, no. no. I, 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 moment. I know. I know. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm all nerd. <laughs> it's. But you, you know, also another thing too. You don't have animation in your eyes. Yeah. You right don't now. have animation. No, no. I'm just saying, like in, in general. Yeah, like there's not much animation in your eyes. Your eyes just look very serious right sometimes. Now? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On stage, I'm comfortable because it's like I get to be a goofball, right? I hold the mic, I walk around a little bit. I'm like, "Hey guys, how's it going? What's up?" Right? But here, I'm matching your energy, which Got is uh, professional, fun. fun. It could be fun, 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 professionally fun. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. I just I just think like. Comedy is hard, right? I'm not a comedian, but I think comedy is hard. But I also think it's like there's a talent for just like sparking up that conversation. And I feel like, you know, um, it's it's about telling jokes that resonate, but the right jokes that resonate. And it's timing. And, it's and timing. I feel like that's a skill. Because like even when you just said that like kind of soft joke, it's like, oh, I, I got a hobby. What do you think you are? Yeah, you are. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like Al Bundy yeah. thing, you know. Right. But it's like, but if you say, what do you think you are? Like, do you see how that, like the, even just a... The, the execution right. and the cadence of that it's changes different. the way if you're going to laugh. I didn't want to yell into the mic no, no, out no. of respect to her. No, I'm just saying like even just how you do it or like right. blah, blah, blah. But even that is like, it, it's a funny joke, but it's it's still like, it's 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 like, it's dry kind of quirky humor. It, yeah, but again, it's very strategic mm-hmm. because a couple of things. One. Um, I believe it's strategic for sure. Go ahead. Right. A couple of things. One. I'm trying to be relatable to somebody when, when the audience sees that I'm like kind of talking directly to somebody. If I'm talking to one of them, I'm still talking to all of them right there. I'm the, the wall is broken. I'm not on stage. Like I'm great. Blah, blah, blah. Laugh at this. Right. I'm like, I'm human. Like you guys, this happened to me. Let's laugh. And then I ask questions. They talk back. And now we have, we've connected. And once we've connected, then they'll, honestly most of the time laugh at my jokes even if they're not funny they'll still just maybe like you at that point and be like oh we like them you know have you ever bullshitted with one of your friends who's funny but he's not like hilarious funny but he's funny like you love him and like when he says things it's hilarious it's kind of like that too so so it's all about crowd work that's what i'm learning if i get the crowd on my side first then i can go into my material because my material Right now in this stage, I'm talking about things like I'm Persian and there's a huge plastic surgery thing that's happened in, in the Persian culture. Well, in all of the world, kind of. Kim Kardashian started. Sorry. Yeah, but Iranians have been getting no jobs since, you know, for a very long time. But I'm not a personally, I'm not a fan of extensive plastic surgery. Like you get a one or two, we get a thing here and there, sure. But when you do too much, you you be, you look like a witness protection person, <laughs> right? Like who you're running from. <laughs> and so I, I go hard on the plastic surgery people in my bit, but I have to first get there so people understand that I'm like joking, but hopefully they could think about it. You know, I talk, so so hopefully they can think about it. And like wh- 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 one of the things I go is, you know, next time you're rejecting somebody that used to look like you. Just remember, you're still ugly, but
but it's just on the inside now, you know? But to get to that line and for people to want to laugh at that line, there's a lot of work that I have to do because as I just said it right now, it might sound very offensive, right? But on stage, to be able to say that, to get there, you have to be like, oh, he's not a real asshole. He's just he's just kind of like working us to get to that line and then they'll laugh, right? If I do a good job of getting people to understand this, connecting the dots till we get there. And that's the beauty of comedy. Like one miss, one word in the wrong place and it's a difference between crack-ups or like arms crossed. No, I agree with you. It could be, it could be challenging. So yeah, man. So, you know, growing up in LA or or being in LA, like there are these, these struggles that exist being a, a, a creative person or any person in the entertainment industry, being an artist. Sure. You know, how I do you in all of it? I yeah. try. How do you, like, how do you, uh, be, how do you think you navigate your priorities? Because we were talking earlier about navigating your priorities and being focused on, on things instead of being a jack of all trades. Cause there is this big thing of, you know, being in LA, being the jack of all trades. And I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, this, I'm a triple threat. I'm a blah, blah, blah. I'm right. a plumber, but I'm also, a, uh, you know, occasionally a, a fucking, <laughs> I'm also a doctor <laughs> engineer and I'm a doctor and I'm also a gynecologist and in, in my spare right. time. And you know, I mean, come on, like, a, you know, an archeologist when I'm sleeping, you know, archaeologists are so cool. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah what's that? How I, do you do it? Okay. Well, I think for, for me personally, it comes from my advertising background. As an art director, you have to do everything. That's what an art director does. An art director pulls designs, pulls copy, pulls this. You're like, like Quentin Tarantino is kind of an art director, director. Because he takes from movies, he calls it uh, homage. But I think, like he pushes the homage a little too far for my taste, even though he's one of my favorite directors of all time because I do direct as well and I study these greats um, and he's one of my favorites but Tarantino gets a little asterisk next to him because a lot of his scenes you can find in other movies and he takes like multiple scenes and even though he's paying homage I go at some point you got to stop paying homage and start paying residuals at some point you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but so my whole thing is being an art director you have to as an art director you're the one who has to deliver at the end. When there's a pitch, right? When there's a client, you have to deliver. So you have to be able to design. You have to be able to think. You have to be able to write. You have to be able to, if it's more than design, if it's like a video, you have to be able to edit, right? You have to be able to shoot that. Like you have to do it all now. And that's where my skills have developed and I'm able to take those skills and they pay you, right? Which is great. And money's a tool. So I'm able to take those and chase my dreams, right? Chase comedy, chase directing, chase writing. And advertising gives me that f- ability, right? And that's, and, and, but you gave me some good advice. You were like, you need to specialize in something, mother effer. Stop trying to like do all of it. And I'm like, but it's so much fun. But you're like, but you're not going to get anywhere. And I'm like, you're right. So that's, that's the growth that I'm learning as well is to, specialize in one thing because i got into comedy i i got into comedy not because i just wanted to be a comedian since i was a kid like you know you don't when you grow up poor like you don't get to dream like these kids like a lot of these kids and that's why you see a lot of these uh white 
people in the industry like no, no offense to white people in any way but i'm saying you the more white people than any other race because their families are well to do or their families are like leave and do what you want right we support you or but there was no or or they were like we don't need you to support us just go on your own you don't have to come here and bring money in for the family right and the rest of us it, you grow up in a family situation where you have to help so you don't get to dream till you're later in life whenever people say i've been doing it for 17 people clap he's been doing it at 16 years old i think fuck that lucky guy <laughs> he got to start at 16. he had i was scooping ice creams you know like that was the like this guy got to go to comedy club at 16. you know like that what a cool opportunity right what a privileged life that you were able to do that versus having to no one's clapping for me and you for working at Baskin Robbins or Thrifty's Ice Cream. These are my journey. I've, I've had many jobs. I've worked everywhere. But like, so it's a different thing how I look at it, right? I still cheer for these guys and I, it's incredible and they inspire me. But at the same time, I'm always like, of course you got to do it. That's why he's where he is. And I'm so far behind right now because I started at 35 where, you know, I don't know. I, I believe that, you know, everybody has their own time for whatever they're supposed to do. And not everybody's meant to be a celebrity, but some people are. Yeah. But if everybody thought that, you know, oh, I'm at this age, so therefore now I'm not meant to be a celebrity or I'm not meant to be famous or I'm not meant to be rich or wealthy and they just give up at a certain age then they won't actually they won't actually uh, fulfill what they're supposed to do. And I think like you kind of have to look at things in a way where it's like, all right, well, you know, I'm at this age. Maybe I had to go through uh, an, a certain amount of struggles or experiences for me to perfect what I needed to be doing. You, so, you use the trigger word. I just got to jump in for a second. Take it. Yeah. I don't think I personally don't want to be a celebrity or famous. I just want to clarify on um, for my personal self, right? Like, I don't know what, if you want to be a celebrity or famous, but like I want just enough recognition to have it as a tool to be able to do cool things. Also, it's a wave, right? I want the wave, but I don't want to be like a celeb. You know what I mean? Those guys, they have live a horrible life. They, you, it might sound great, but imagine you can like go to the airport without 70 people taking photos of you. You can't go to a restaurant. Eminem, again, I, we talked about this once, but Eminem said a story about he was taking a shit and these guys were lined up outside his toilet asking him to sign <laughs> while he's taking a shit. He's trying to buy his good ice cream. Like those things, people think being famous is great. Like, you know what I mean? Be careful what you ask for because it's not, I think, what's great about fame is the opportunities it gives you but if you really look at fame like look at look at all the famous people you know that's why you don't see people outside right they lose they lose their freedom in a way they get a bunch of other stuff and they, so they can't complain they become princes of our society or princesses or oligarchs right like elon musk jeff bezos those guys are oligarchs i know we call them billionaires but they're very powerful people right and they're kind of almost above the law in many cases so but good for them capitalism god bless it but you know but they that comes at a cost you may be elon musk may be a billionaire but elon musk can't go to a park and look at the swans <laughs> for 30 minutes right and that's a cool thing to be able to do and no one give a f about you that's an amazing thing too right yeah i mean for me, I mean, I, I, I grew up around, you know, celebrities. I've always been around celebrities. And, you know, at, you know, uh, when I was like 21, I was asked, you know, do I want to sign, you know, a record deal and things like that. And, 
I was like, you know, I had, I turned it down for where it was, you know, and the reason why wow. is because, Good you know, for you. my, well, I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know, but I don't know if I had that in me at that age. Well, I mean, like the, the fucking, the, the producer, he was just like, Hey, look, you know, um, well, he kind of did producing and he also ran things for the label and he was just like, Hey, look, you know, I've seen people before and I've, you know, he's like, I work with this celebrity before and I work with this celebrity before. And these are some, you know, really big people. And he was just like, hey, I noticed when somebody has something. And he said, and I also noticed that you, you seem to like your freedom. Yeah. And he's like, you got a nice girlfriend. You have freedom. He said, but I'm going to tell you something. If you continue with this, I don't see you having that freedom that you like. Yeah. He said, so I don't. You were conscious said enough to understand the meaning of that. Yeah. Well, he was conscious enough. Well, to you also were able to grasp what that meant. That's yeah, a vague thing. That's yeah. kind of vague still, though. Yeah. I, I kind of knew what it was. I mean, right. so for me, like, I, I never had a problem where, like, I, I would say I probably, like, I always was relatively um, had people coming around me. Yeah. So I was always kind of, you know, if I didn't start off somewhat popular, yeah. Or trendy. I just had like this. Uh, you got that magnet in your Magnet. You yeah. Like people just like will keep on just like yeah. coming around me. And, yeah. and people, even if I didn't want to be. That's how we met like, too. We met like that. Yeah. Just, just randomly. Yeah. Because you're magnets. <laughs> yeah. Those fucking magnets. Not the opposite side that repels. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's that type of thing. Sometimes people just have energy. And yeah. I realized, I realized at a young age that I just had a an energy. And, and I didn't really reflect it too much. I just kind of just knew, like, if I did certain things, sometimes people would just, like, click and follow me to certain things. Sure. And I and, and, it, and I always had, like, this love or hate relationship with most people. It was just, like, most people just either really liked me yeah. or they just fucking didn't like I'm me. the same way. I'm, I'm, it wasn't, like, this, like, middle place. There's no gray. It was binary, for sure. You either sure. hate me or yeah. like me. Yeah. There's no... There's and no whatever. Yeah, there's no there's no limbling in between. It's yeah. it's, it's binary for but total. Good, yeah. I like it that way. You know, I always I didn't used I like to. It. I used to struggle with that because I didn't like that. I was like, well, you know, why should you, why shouldn't somebody just not like me for no reason? And it's just I realized it's, it's there just, is some type of reasoning. But it's your energy, it's, it's your just face. Like, they're not there's you. So many variables. They're not you, and they're doing. You, they feel that they could do something better than you. And why is it you, not them? Yeah, weird things like that. They, I'm better than that person. Why does he get this? Why does he get this? Yeah. I went through that. It's crazy because I went through, you know, you go through phases. Yeah. I went through a cover-up phase of calling myself a creative genius. And I did it out of insecurity, right? But most importantly, I blame Howard Stern. Because Howard Stern, you know, he's hilarious. But he was like, I, in an interview, he talked about how why he named himself king of all media. And he's like, yeah, nobody else was going to call me king of all media. So I called myself king of all media and it stuck. I was like, branding, cool. Got it, Howard, right? And then I started doing it in the agency world. And, you know, there's a lot of egos in the agency world, especially when it comes to, I'm a unique one in there because I don't come off assembly line, AKA college, you know? So uh, so where all these guys maybe went to Passing Art Center or Long Beach, these like acclaimed, creative schools uh i was just the kinko's guy right but that was my special sauce is i didn't learn on the assembly line like the rest of them right i learned whatever and so um the, so i but i started being like yeah i'm a creative genius you know i changed my desktop name to creative genius and whatever and i found that there was two groups of people there was the ones that were like i'm a genius too let's hang out Right. And we found the funny because like it's kind of like not really true. But and then they just found the funny. And then those are the ones that got offended that I would call myself a genius. 
and which was great because that allowed me and i learned that that became like a filtering tool for me i would say i'm a genius and then people either would like me or would hate me either it, so if you were the kind if you were secure enough not to be bothered by somebody saying i'm a genius right and you were like oh hilarious prove it or show me or whatever then we were cool but if you were like how dare you call yourself a genius like you know then i was like oh these guys are kind of like insecure or they get offended real fast or whatever and i was able to filter all that um going back would i do that again yes because it was a good time it was fun but uh do i recommend people doing it probably not because i did create a lot of like tension for myself but i was able to filter a lot of people you know and if you really know your honest intentions then it doesn't hurt at the end but me calling myself a genius caused a big riff but to this day if you come to my office people will be like oh that's Arash, she's a creative genius, you know, they'll say that, but they don't mean it. They're just on the inside joke with me. And then I, because we're cool, always followed by saying self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed creative genius, right? I, I, I give the power back and I make myself look like an idiot, but it's, it's all for the fun, you know? Yeah. I get what you're saying, you know, killing it, you know, softly in a way. <laughs> well, you get to filter people around you too, because LA is full of like full of shits. Yeah, fakeness. All, there's a lot of fakeness here. There's a lot. There is. Yeah. It, it not necessarily fake, but broken dreams. Yeah, and the people get bitter, and they're and, they're looking that, to scam people. That becomes bitter, and that becomes anger or whatever. Yeah, at least I them. think the reason why a lot of people get broken dreams is because a lot of people just have lack of self awareness, from what I've gathered, and people just aren't willing to. You know, they're not that resilient. They're not willing to keep going. They're, they're, if it doesn't happen in, in a, a year or two, I've, my timetable or, my, or my, my time clock or watch, whatever, is, is going yeah. out. And I've got five years. And if, I didn't, if it isn't done, I've got to stop and do something else because I've got to have kids. I've got to have this and whatever in life. And that's yeah. just how it works. And, and also, yeah, absolutely. And people, but that's not reality. Resilience is everything, right? Like, I used to be, I was homeless, right? I live in a storage unit for one year in Canoga Park. And uh, I lived in a storage unit for a year. I lived in a Ford Mustang for a couple months. And then I slept on a friend's couch for two months. And during, so that was like almost a year and a half of my life right there, right? Consecutively. And the only reason, the, the reason why I did that is because it turned out I was a shitty poker player. <laughs> but also, uh, I wanted, I understood that I need to live below my means in order to level up. Like if you don't have a dad, if you don't have family money, if you don't have anything like that, there, you gotta like level up somehow, right? And for me, um, what I joined the World Series of Poker. I was playing poker professionally for a while, right? And when when I after about a year of that, I realized that oh my god, I was doing kind of okay. I was living in Commerce Casino, it's a casino down in LA, and then I took I got the balls to go to join the World Series of Poker, and I had about like fifty thousand dollars. You know, at that point, I lost damn near like 35000 of it, right? And I was like, oh, my God, there's my life savings. What am I going to do? So instead of spending that past, that last 15, 20000 whatever I had left, um, I decided, because I could have easily, to save face, I could have rented an apartment with that money, right? I could have like done, got a couch or whatever. But by the time I do that in the first year, all that money's gone. But instead, I decided to live below my means because I had a plan. I was like, you need a new plan. I, I decided to live below my means. I went back living in a storage unit in Canoga Park for a year 
And then I took, but I got a job during there back in advertising, started saving and skipping all that peeing on my friend's couch part where he kicked me out. You haven't lived, by the way, till you've peed someone's couch and you don't have any money to pay for it. <laughs> I was walking the, up and down the streets looking for cushions to replace those cushions with because I was so stressed. But, but I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to live way below my means. And then a year and a half later after that, I went from sleeping in a storage unit to sleeping in my first condo. No furniture. But that's a weird feeling. It's two different ceilings. You know what I mean? It's a metal ceiling. And then with spiders and shit, I'm scared of it, but whatever. And then there is a condo, right? With like high ceilings. It's cool, right? And it just, but people don't want to do that. Everybody wants to f look, they want to play the game before they deserve to play the game. Does that make sense? They want to look the part instead of actually play the game. If you want to play, you want to look like you're playing the game or you want to actually play the game. You get what I'm saying? Because like to really play the game, if you're not rich of family money, you need to live below your means and give yourself opportunities to, to succeed. And nobody, a lot of people are not willing to do that. In my case, it was living like that for over a year and a half, right? So it turned out well. I like to talk about it because it turned out well. If it didn't turn out well, I maybe. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <deep. laughs> That's what they said. That's what she said. No, I mean, you know, you've been, you've been dating out here, man. You've been dating out here. You got a, 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 a honey boo boo. I'm not dating. I'm in a relationship. For yes. four years. For four years. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. She is from Guatemala. Ah, she's Guati. Guatemala. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what's up, dude. The jungles. How long is that? How long have I been dating her? Yeah, it's been like four or five four years. Four years, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's cool. Sandy, yeah. she's she's the love of my life. Yeah, so you're honestly. dating still. She's yeah. way more than I deserve. Yeah. She is way more than what you deserve. Honestly. I saw her. She was way more than you deserve. Way more than I deserve. Yeah. I was I'm like, lucky, bro. I was going to tell her on the phone yesterday, Gump. like, what the fuck are you doing with Alex? I live you a Forrest Gump life. Yeah. I do. Ja Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no, but th but then not. I realized, like, you know, I've known Alex for a while. Alex got a really great quirky personality. Thanks. He's really a people person, you know, passionate, you know, um, fun person to be around with. So I, I can see why. You yeah, know? I'm it's a catch. Not, yeah, dude, you bro, are. Yeah. What are you trying to say? Yeah. I'm yeah. telling the truth. You are. Yeah, man. You're you. definitely catching him. You can catch. You can <laughs> no. Catch, you can catch and swim. You're a good guy. Thanks, bad. Yeah. You know, the for me, I think life is a luxury, right? Because I lived in war, right? I'm talking war, war, like planes flying over, the ground shakes. Next morning, there's a hole in the ground, crater size, right? Like I lived in that. So when I come to when I came to America, I'm like, oh my god, this is like Disneyland. Because finally, when I was around 35 years old. After I bought my second condo, because the plan was always to take care of me and my mom. So I bought two condos next to each other. So we don't live together, but we're together. That was the plan, right? Worst case scenario. That's how it happened. But my mom found her husband and they went to very happily. So knock on wood. But so those ended up being investment properties. But after once I get those two, I was like, my, my obligations uh, as a good child is over. And that was at 35, right? My obligation. And then I just became selfish and started chasing my dreams, you know? And I get so excited to be here in LA, one of the greatest cities in the entire world. I'm a big New York and LA guy, personally. I mean, I'm an LA guy, but I respect New York so much because the, there would be no LA without New York. You know, you gotta pay respects if you know the history of like how this country was founded and all that good stuff, right? So 
So I'm such a LA New York fan, and I get goosebumps thinking that I'm here, you know. And how Elon Musk likes to say we're in a simulation. Okay, whatever. Fair, fair play to him. But to me, I just feel like I'm in a video game, like, and I get to, I'm playing now. At 35, I started, right? I'm 42. It's been seven years, but in, since those seven years, I've written, directed a movie. It played at the Man Chinese Theater. I do comedy in front of people. I'm ready to shoot my next pilot called Los Angeles. You know what I mean? I perform at actual comedy clubs for real audience members. And whenever I don't get booked, I take my microphone to the Venice Beach bathroom. You might catch me if you're ever interested, come there. You'll see that I hold the bathroom hostage. These poor people are trying to take a pee in the Venice Beach bathroom, a line always forms. And I go and I do a set. <laughs> well, these people, so they're like in line. Oh, they're in line trying to pee, excuse me. They're, I get so excited. They're in line trying to pee and they're about to pee or shit their pants. And there's this asshole, me, going, hey guys, how's it going? I have a hobby, it's my girlfriend, blah, 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 right? I'm doing my act. And uh, if I make one person laugh, I feel good, you know? But this is our life, you know? What a great life. Honestly, we could easily be in some, some other crappy country, you know? And America's not perfect. We, we know what just happened yesterday with... Uh, yeah. With, can you say it? I Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade, yeah. thank you. And um, that was terrible. So th- it has its low points as well. But... You know, I choose to keep going forward, you know, and hopefully it's cyclical and it'll go back the other way as it should. And women have the right to choose again. But yeah, so so I just, I get goosebumps, even though with those kind of setbacks, we're here. Like like Leonardo da Vinci, this guy right here, you guys, this is, I people carry a Bible, I carry his notebook just to remind myself, you know, I don't even read it all the time. I just kind of like, like a preacher, you know, when he just reads like a quick verse. I'll go read one of his notes. But these guys lived in the Renaissance and people love to like say, hey, the Renaissance, that was an incredible time. Right now, if you're lucky enough to live in LA, New York, or one of these cool cities, Austin, whatever, right? These cool cities, we shit on the Renaissance. You know what I'm saying? Like like opportunity-wise, ability-wise, knowledge-wise, freedom-wise, we still like... Those guys wish they were here, you know? We are the utopian future that they would have written. Uh, utopian? I don't even know. You, you know, a cool future that they would have written for themselves if they could have. And for us not to take advantage of that is mind-blowing. It, it's baffling. Like, you're doing it. You started 10 months ago. How many episodes do you have? I think we're at 44. My man. All right, Are you bro. kidding me? I get, I get excited. Like, you're, like, a legit doer. You've always been a doer. Since, since Moo Faces, you've been a doer. But, like, like holy shit, 40 episodes in, like, 10 months. And this is a not an easy thing because I also had a, I, I know how to do a podcast. I, I, I've, I've shot it to learn it. I have a couple episodes called Upload Junkies but on, on YouTube. <laughs> but, but my point is, like, wow, you know? And when I see people not doing that want to do, I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, I think I I like to always go out and just fucking do it. It's 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 for myself, but it's also for people first. You know, I feel like if there's something that I can go out there and help people, and and there's some messages that I can go ahead and spread to the universe, and even for the guests. You know, I feel like the guests have an amazing story, and so if I can 
you know, peel off the banana peel. Yeah. You I know? mean, you, I grew just being here today. I've never done one of these. You know, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a doer, whatever, but I have no recognition in this town. You know, I'm just another guy who puts one foot in front of another and keeps going at all costs, right? But you still have me on. And this opportunity, like, I'm normally a big goofy guy, but I got to act professional right now for a little bit. I don't, it's kind of gone away towards the end. I mean, I think, you, I think you're professional. You've but, done a lot of professional stuff in your career. No, there's a difference. Like, you know? this is a new life experience for me. No one's ever, like, sat down and asked me questions about me. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm either riffing with other comics, saying inappropriate things, or in a meeting pitching or whatever. Like, I've done all that stuff. But this is a new life experience, which you gave me. For, you popped my cherry, baby. <laughs> and uh, see, I'm loosening up. But, like, like that's... that's the, so you're doing, you're, you're doing us people that get to be on the show or whoever uh, a favor as well. It's not just you know for you right you're you're making a big difference for for me not just okay this might get a hundred views this might get whatever a thousand views, whatever it may get right that's not the thing is this wasn't a journey for me this is like a checklist bucket list and i'm like i got to do that somebody without me asking them said hey i want to ask you some questions about who you are that's kind of a cool thing you know um and and I'm glad to have done it with you for the first time ever. Yeah, man. Likewise, man. It's been great to have you on the podcast, man. And, you know, uh, yeah, I, I feel like you have a lot of stuff to offer to the world. And I like to bring people on the, sh on the pod who I think that are inspirational people, um, whether they see it or not. I feel that everybody has, you know, um, you know, every, I feel like everybody is a genius in a sense. Right. And I feel like people knock that down. Proclaimed. But, you know, no, yeah. I, I just... I always like to look for people's superpower, you know? And I feel like everyone has it. I think Einstein was the one who said, if you judge a fish's ability to climb up a tree, it would always think that it's, you know, it's stupid its entire life. Right. So for me, it's like, okay, so everyone has a superpower. Let me look for that. And then let me, let me, um, let me help glorify that. Or let me help blast that or, or you know, inflate that to an, an extent to where it radiates to more people so yeah. people can see that. People I think it's see worth that. seeing. And if I may add to that, you know, in my older age, I'm 42, you know, so I've, I have a little wisdom to me now. Um, and I think I'm talking to people younger than me, never someone older than me. But, you know, to the superpower thing is, I became the most powerful I've ever been. My version of power is when I let go of other people's opinions, right? Because for example, I write screenplays, right? Screenplays are anywhere between, if it's a short story, 10 pages. If it's a feature, 125, 130. If you're Tarantino, 360 pages. But like, it, so it's a lot of words, but I'm also illiterate. When I say I'm illiterate, like, like I've never really read an entire book start to finish in my life. Think about that for a second. And I'm saying that you can judge me all you want. I've already made it, sucker. But like, you know what I'm saying? I've never read a book front to cover. One, I have ADD. Two, I'm dyslexic, words suck. And I used to be like, damn, if I can't read, I'll never be able to write. And I realized that's not true. Just because I can't read fast, Right, and I can't spell. I'm the world's worst speller. You saw my. Did you try to read my notes earlier? I'm the world's. Worst. I thought you were good. Thank you, but it's like horrible, not correct. So I'm the world's worst speller. But with all those things, I let go of all those things, right? And I said, I don't care if people are gonna judge me 
if they see me at face value right away and be like, oh, if I read out loud, they're going to be like, oh, he's an idiot. Or if they read my words at first round, they're going to be like, oh, this guy can't spell for shit. But I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to write it. And then I'll hire somebody to help me with my spelling. And I have a finished product regardless. Right. And that became kind of my superpower is like, just do it. Don't worry about and not like Nike, but you know what I'm saying. Just but just do it though. Like don't worry about if you can't read. Try to write. You know what I mean. Don't worry about if you can't spell. You know. No nah, man, I had I had a dream. You know, before I moved to Los Angeles, and it was all about me creating, you know, move faces and shit like that. And it was myself in the dream. And the end of the dream, it was always it was just this one point where it's just like me telling myself, "Hey, there's one thing you have to promise me." that you know you have to do when you wake up yeah and that's just start start if you don't remember anything that was you know shown here or, or discussed here in this dream just remember remember to just start just just start just start yeah yeah just fucking start yeah and don't don't and, and what what's yeah. funny to me is that resonated with me because like that totally you know i would normally woke up and like whoa what a weird winky dream i had right and just went about my day. So that was really cool. You have cool dreams. I like your reincarnation dream. I have a yeah. screenplay about reincarnation. We, we we bonded over that. You have crazy. It wasn't a dream though. It was like a real life thing for you, right? I feel like it was. I feel like. You I, can I remember. Feel like, I feel like back. it was a dream. It was a dream. Okay. But I feel like it feels real. Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Because you, you yeah. have a freak. T has a freak thing where he can remember, like you have a very good memory. Yeah. Which I'm very envious of because I can't remember yesterday. I don't know. I think I have like a, I think it varies. I have a good, a great memory when it comes to things that are pivotal in my life. Right. Right. Like these, like these little, doosh, these nodes. Yeah. But you, but you amazing have more pivotal moments that you remember. Oh, of course. Right? Than most human beings. Yeah. From, what I've, from what I've gathered. That's one of your superpowers. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 And, and just if anybody, like, I just want to, because, you know, I know people listen to this and this is kind of a cool show. And if anybody, this is a cool show, but like, if anybody is trying to do creative stuff and they're just feeling kind of insecure or whatever, right? Because I always try to, in my design or whatever, when there's an intern or when there's another designer that's not feeling themselves, because I'm like the head guy on in my, in, where I work, right? I'm the head creative guy uh, underneath my creative director. And... I always tell them, I go, don't worry about it. Just do it. Like, like again, not like Nike do it, but just like s no matter what you want to do, if you want to write, if you want to direct, if you want to do comedy, if you want to do design, creative campaign, write copy, doesn't matter what your goal is. Just open your laptop or get a piece of paper and put it in front of you and sit in front of her for an hour every day. Just think, You don't even have to do it, but just... You, I mean, you don't even have to put ink on paper, but go with the attempt of wanting to put ink on paper, but just sit in front of it once a day for an hour, no matter what, you know, and that's how I'm able to be. Now, I'm not terrific, but I am prolific and prolific is not a good word. I've learned because I'm ESL, English second language. I used to think prolific meant like you're great because they use it prolific artists right they all often prolific writer they pair it with amazing people but just because you're prolific doesn't mean you're good so i'm not saying i'm good but you produce a lot right that's what prolific means and i am prolific i do make a lot you know i i do produce a lot of stuff and the way i'm able to do that is i sit there and i suffer and i sit in front of it for an hour a day i compartmentalize you know so i go to my day job i do that and then I come inside, 
sit in front of my screenplay for an hour and then I'll go do open mics comedy for an hour. You know what I mean? And I just, even if I, I'm sucking at it that day, no matter what, I dedicate an hour, you know? And, and if you do that, guys, I promise you, you're going to end up creating something very cool and meaningful for yourself. And even if other people don't like it, as long as you like it, it's your art. And that's the beginning, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, right? Like, like, and remember, you're amazing. You live in LA or somewhere cool. You live in America at the very least. And the world's your oyster, baby. I'm asking you two more questions. Oh, okay. We're going to dig in this first one. Aliens. Do you believe in aliens? Of course. Because I believe in math. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. Because th- that's another thing that I'm super fascinated about is like the cosmos... Uh, galaxies. People like to throw multiverse around, but that's become too comic booky for me. Um, it could exist, sure. That people say the universe is so big that it's infinite, meaning like there's one version of you that's done everything a bazillion different type ways. You know, I don't believe in. I don't know if I believe in that. Or not. I don't believe it. It's too like for my dumb brain. It's too big, so. Maybe, maybe not. But what does make sense is, uh, so let's talk for a second. So the universe, right, is they say it's like whatever, billions of years old, however, the, whatever the light they can reach. Excuse me, the hand in your shot, sorry. The, the light that comes in, right? And they're able to know that because then the light stops at a certain time and that's how they know how old the, billion, how, how old the universe is. I don't remember the exact number. So based on that, uh, so I study all that stuff and then there's like black holes, right? And then there's super black holes, mega black holes, black holes bigger than galaxies. There's a black hole so big that it's like the world's biggest black hole has like 35 galaxies across of a black hole, right? And there's dark matter, all these things. You're telling me there's all these things. There's clearly ecosystem. That means the universe is alive. If stars are being birthed and dying, that means that's alive, right? You're telling me we're the only ones out of all these different planets, out of all the, it's just, it's kind of like a no brainer, you know, unless you're very religious. Where do you think all the aliens are at? Why haven't they showed themselves if we believe that? Because it's so big. I mean, I don't know. But it's so big. You know what I mean? Uh, your boy, I love him too, Elon Musk, said, no, it's very rare for them to probably, tra- like, there's always life, but life always dies before it's able to go to another planet, basically. Which makes sense to me. Because we haven't able to do it yet, right? And we're pretty fancy if you think of it as a life life form we're a fancy pants life form right and we're not able to do it just yet so he's he thinks that either uh life is so complicated where it either self-destructs itself or whatever uses resources or a meteor hits and game over right so if there is one or let's just say there is a hundred alien species that are that are in the universe not in our galaxy, in the universe. Let's say there's a billion. Let's say there's a billion, billion life forms that are able to leave the planet in the universe. Out of all those billions, 
it's still it's so big that it would take man you know what i mean they might have visited when the aliens were uh, they might have visited when the dinosaurs were here they left we missed them you know they're like okay that's what this plan's about check bounce right who knows so for us for us everyone's like earth we're gonna destroy the earth we're not gonna destroy the earth we're gonna destroy the earth to the point where we're gonna kill ourselves but the earth will mother earth will live on shout out to mother earth but like mother earth will live on we're just like fleas on mother earth it's just gonna be like or whatever you know and just gonna scratch us off itself right eventually and keep living while we die so aliens exist in my opinion and it's just too big you know the the playground's too big we haven't i don't know i think a couple of things i think a couple of things i think there's a bunch of things that are happening simultaneously i believe that there are you know um aliens that can or extraterrestrial life that can you know live in different forms that we can't fathom oh like elvis well no for example (laughs) right he is right but i say more like in a more serious term like for example you know, we humans, we see things in uh, 2D, but we live in a 3D world. Mm-hmm. So we can't see anything that's in 3D. So things, something could be, people or things could be moving, I would assume, around us that we possibly can't even fathom. Stranger things. That's right. the whole premise. And then what about also, you know, do aliens come all in the same form? What if they're smaller? What if they're so small that we can't even see them? They're like this big. That means- right. Like what if they're like the size of a freaking microbe and, right. and there's a whole planet that they're living in and we just can't fucking even see it. You know what I mean? It's just like. Can, like, I, go, can I go smoke a joint and come back? Because this, <laughs> this, is, this is right up that alley. Yeah. No, I'm just being yeah, honest. man. I'm with you. There's so much shit I just want to be high when we talk about this shit, yeah. bro. <laughs> no, I want to be, be coherent. I don't want to be high. But, you know, like, um, I don't know. And, and I feel like also. I just feel like there's so many, I think if aliens are so intelligent and they're so much further than us, then they could be, they're so smart that they can be right in front of us and we not see them, or they can look just like us. Yeah. And just be walking right in front of us and walking around us, working with us. Then we not know it being like put, you put could it, be an alien. putting themselves in position for power. You're an alien. Could be, you never know. You could be, you know, they, they could put themselves in power. Think about it. If you were an alien and you wanted to, you know, infiltrate this, this, this culture, these people, what would you do? If you were studying them, I would say, okay, let me put some of my people on the ground. You know, this is, they say, you know, that's what they say. They're like conspiracy theory. They're like the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers. They're all like alien. There's, there's a guy who talks about, um, like there is, I can't, I don't, one of the coolest stories I've ever read or, or listen to online is this guy i forget his name but i stumbled onto it by pure accident okay and it's a guy who talks about the conception of humans and aliens and how we formed dude it was just it's this giant like typed thing that just scrolls on youtube like infinite it's all tons of words and i don't know how to read but this guy like narrates it and he talks about how aliens came to earth for gold check this out let me ask you a question. Why, why, before, there was no telephone, okay? There was no uh, internet, nothing back, back, way back in the days, okay? But humans can't not agree on anything. We are a war culture, like as a, as a life form. We are a war life form, okay? We can't agree on anything, but somehow, unanimously, 
the entire planet agreed on gold? Maybe three countries should have agreed. Everybody agreed on gold unanimously with, you know, when the technology wasn't there to communicate parts of the globe, obviously, right? Like, no matter what, if you rode a horse, like, you know what I'm saying? They couldn't get to places. There was, like, not even, like, boat technology necessarily that could take you from continent to continent. But everyone that was alive agreed on gold. Not gems, not one exact particular thing called gold right and then you're like yeah gold because it has all these things but did they know that and how did everybody know that right it's crazy think about that for a second we can't agree on anything we all agreed on gold <laughs> right and and so this guy this is the guy that sparked that thought is he said the aliens came to planet earth digging for gold and they crossbred themselves because it was too much work. They kept crossing, they kept crossbreeding themselves with different creatures, animals that were on this planet. The, that's why in Egyptians you'll see like a guy with a gator head or whatever, right? None of those worked. The humans worked. Like they crossbred themselves with like a monkey or something like that, whatever, right? Became humans. And then they, they listened the most, right? And so so then once they got all the gold they wanted, they created this. They created this establishment because they were gods. They got everything they want. They got the gold and they bounced. And then, and then they, and then after that, that's why humans are. We are a. a what is it when there's a king? What's it called? What, basically, not capitalism, but what is it when like one person's in charge? The hierarchy. That's what. But most 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 countries had kings right or some kind of dictatorship we think a monarchy or something monarchy. Right. we we humans thrive in monarchy as well it's not capitalism america this whole thing is new right we're a new thing um so but humans have thrived in monarchies forever so and i think it, it all started with the aliens they were monarchs and then when they left the the managers <laughs> as they were became the monarchs, right? And everybody listened, and they continued what they had known about gold. Okay, that being that, that being aside, my now I have questions. I have questions. This is my own stuff now. How come it's uncomfortable? So we sleep, right? Humans sleep. Fair. I think my theory is aliens invented music. Music's a way to controlling people. Like music is so good you can't help but tap your feet right there's certain tones certain sometimes the music hits and you get like goosebumps going through your body right i think aliens use sleep music to control us like i bet there's a tone a note that you can hit that all humans freeze <laughs> I, I i kind of feel i feel that way because music is so primitive right it's almost like embedded in us in a weird way who tell me someone who doesn't like music Right? Who doesn't like music? It's only weird. Like, only truly weird people don't like some form of 100% of all music. I don't know anybody who doesn't like 100% of all music. Right? Like, it's kind of a thing. And I think aliens did that to control us. And also, I have another question. We sleep in every direction, next to each other, onto each other. But how come we never sleep feet to feet? <laughs> how come we don't sleep feet to feet? It's... Have you ever... I want to... I've asked my girlfriend... Uh, to sleep feet to feet with me, but she gave me such a compliment. She said, "I," she goes, "I'm not gonna do that because you have athletic foot." 
was like, oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> Athlete's foot. <laughs> Shout out to whoever named Athlete's foot, by the way. <laughs> what a great name, huh? Hey, hey, uh, sir, you have Athlete's foot. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. All diseases should be named. All That doctor who named Athlete's foot should get to name all the diseases. Like herpes should be Athlete's dick, Athlete's mouth. I'm just tangent. But but uh, how come we don't sleep feet to feet? There's kind of I think the aliens programmed us to not to sleep feet to feet for some weird ass reason. Yeah, I agree. They could have did it. But how come you don't sleep feet? How come we don't do that? There's a weird thing. We sleep in every way direction with each other, in every scenario, on top, on the side, name it. Every position. The only position that we never sleep is feet to feet. Yeah. Just think about it. I know it's stupid. No, I think, think it's I think it's deep. Right. Yeah, we, we've we've got all types of like subspecies, like Neanderthals, Denisovans, and things like that. So it's like it seems like there was multiple iterations of human since the beginning. Yeah. And then there's these large stones, these advanced civilizations that have existed prior that that were said never to exist, and we're told that we're the smartest and we're the you know we're the best. And then you go look on pyramids. There's there's things that look like planes. planes. There's wooden structures that look like planes that can actually fly. UFOs. And there's paintings and this is also this also goes even into um you know um from egypt all the way to uh uh the aztecs, aztecs. you know shout out to the aztecs so they were doing the same but shit. ruthless people yeah i mean i mean they thought they were they, doing it for the gods heart, i know they held all beating hearts in their hands no anesthesia <laughs> they thought they, they were doing it for the gods they thought they were doing it for the gods but that's you know? wild they thought there were gods coming from the sky again. So right. somebody was visiting them. Right. They built, you know, they had air, they had, they had airplane um, uh, landing spots. So, right. Gold who, and Egypt and pyramid shapes. Yeah. All pyramids all the around pyramid. the world. All, and gold. All over the world. But think about it for a second. Gold and pyramids without any form of communication. But those two patterns ended up being like universal. Right. Aliens. Yeah. Duh. Big rocks, big stones. You got to think about the big stones. Ooh. Large stones and perfect symmetry of math. Yeah, big stones. You can't forget that. Yeah. No, seriously. It's insane. And as much as we like to watch ancient aliens and make fun of the guy that has Einstein hair or whatever, I mean, sometimes it makes sense. The Greek guy? The Lapakos? Yeah, I know. He's he's got a a Greek dude. He's like, he's like, oh my God. You know, and he's like, we still can't do it with today's technology. (laughs) You know, that guy. (laughs) Yeah, the Greek dude. (laughs) Yeah, But sometimes I'm like, okay, I believe you. Like Papadopoulos like, or something. Right, last it name. makes I sense. His name. I love him. Yeah, it's cool. He's so fun. But but he's he's he, I don't know. I reached out to him to be on the pod, and I, I think like he was just really oh, Hollywood. You should get him. He was oh, really Hollywood. Really? Yeah. Like I got I've got a booking, and I've got all these people who want me on their show right now, and I'm doing. I was like, I thought he was about this. I thought he was about that life. Same thing with Tom DeLong. Yeah. I thought he was about that life too. But it's kind of for show. They're kind of like they. Well, they get publicists, yeah, and they get people, and then now they have booking fees. Yeah, they they think they're serious more than what they really are. They still they have this. I felt from what I've got, they have this arrogance about themselves still. Well, now maybe that's not true. Maybe there's some other stuff that I don't know. I feel like, but I feel like there's some arrogance there. I feel like there they're, is. They're but celebrities, also, but also like I think their businesses. You know, they have to make a living for their family, so. If they don't necessarily know about your show and they don't know that you're like a bootstrap or if they don't know your budget, you know what I'm saying? Like you can like maybe you can, but your show is not about paying somebody like $5,000 to show up. No, nobody's podcast is about that. But, but some, but my point is like, you know what I mean? Some people, some people like the interviews, believe it or not, when, when celebrities do interviews, when 
athletes do interviews with ESPN or whatever, they have a booking fee. You know that, right? There's a booking fee that their publicists say, hey, you want to book them? It's $10,000 for this one interview or whatever. Yeah, I get that. I get. So they, they do that. They just say that automatically. And that just becomes the default. You know? But when you're providing them extra publicity, that's that's a no go in the industry. It's but they different. miss opportunities like you. Yeah. Like I'm, but so it sucks. But maybe it's not on their fault. Maybe it's just their publicists or whatever. You know, I'm just trying to. No, 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 think. no, 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 no. I, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. I understand. I'm not saying that's 100 percent how they are. But I've reached out to some of them previously in the past, and I've I've gotten back this this arrogance of some sense. Oh yeah, this Dude. person is busy. Like I was like, they're fucking Hollywood, and I'm like, I'm more Hollywood than you are technically. You've never really done yeah. anything. Yeah, you're, you just got on a fucking Discovery show, and now yeah. you're like, oh, or History right. Channel show, and now you're like, oh my god, I'm doing something important. It's like yeah. seriously, bro. It, it's so funny because when people, there's two types of people, or there's two forms of them. Like for example, there is a game in Hollywood. If anybody's trying to break into the movie industry or write or direct something at like a professional level, what happens is you you need to get a budget right if you don't want to fund it yourself if you're not an oligarch and you don't want to, you don't want to fund your money yourself right um you have to get uh a manager you have to not a manager an agent and your agent will then pitch your work to studios and different people who will fund your project okay but no one will listen to you unless you have a manager because in case you have similar ideas they don't want you to sue them and say oh i had this idea and but they also had a similar idea you know so they never want to like read your work without a lawyer which is the agent's involvement for protection but so so there's this all like ring like i'm in this limbo right now where no one will talk to me even though i have final products right i have a short film that's that's a uh, prototype for a bigger film uh that's finished all they gotta do is watch 10 minutes it's called the night before you go to the night before dot info and watch it password tnb all capitals the night before dot info watch it tnb is the password i've never put on youtube um but like no one will watch that an agent or anyone um and to to actually tell me right because i don't have an agent so they won't I'm, I'm, but i'm like you're an agent i'm trying to get an agent watch it they go no you need an agent so this weird circle you need one to get one but in order to get one you need one <laughs> right and so the so so the studios won't talk to me because i don't have an agent the, the agents won't talk to me because they're like you're not worth wasting our time right and you go to these panels and they're like and you go to these panels and uh, you ask them because they'll put agents on the panel. I was just recently at one and they're like, yeah, what you do is you email and you ask everyone you can till somebody gives you a shot. You know, I'm like, cool. I've done all these things. Would you give me a shot? No. <laughs> right. They just I'm like, would you at least read three words, four pages? No. Will you watch a 10 minute actual final product? No. Right. So it's this limbo. So if you're going to get in this game, just be prepared to, uh, that's where the networking comes in. That's where the luck comes in. Just be prepared for for that kind of Bolshevik part of it. Or you can do what I'm doing. It's just throw your hands in the air and say, c'est la vie, that's French. And uh, just make it with your own money and just do it because you love it, right? And, and don't have any expectations. But please know that, that if you're going to get into that game, writing, directing, or whatever, it's a weird game of like, you need one to get one but no one will talk to you 
right? I need an agent to show to pitch, but no agent will talk to me to pitch, right? So that's the game. And this is why people get mad and give up. I think like there's a difference, right? I mean, like, like even when I first came to LA, it was like, I understood there was like these, this weird paradox, this weird, like energy of like supply and demand or chicken before the egg kind of a thing. And it's like, how do you get past that? And I always thought like, I have to make myself noticeable Mm -hmm. because you can't, I look at it as just, everything's just noisy. Yeah. There's a lot of noise out here. And it's like, how do you get yourself past the noise? That's why your boy's doing stand up. Right. Cause, Which, cause that's why I'm doing stand up because one of the things was, you know, I hustle, right. And, and you know that you hustle, we hustle. That's why we're friends. But like I hustle, I I'm out there, you know, I'm in the streets and I'm not in the streets, but I'm ahead. in the streets, but like, but, but, but what happens is, uh, there, I got to a point where they're like, okay, you've done all these things. Great. Cause at first they were like, write something. I wrote it. They're like, no. We don't want to read anymore. You have to have a final product. I made a final product. Like, oh, we don't want to watch that anymore. Now, you, before we even bother, you have to tell us who's in your movie. I'm like, what do you mean who's in my movie? Like an, a cool actor that can play this role, right? Somebody that can, I would like to give and somebody and nobody a shot, you know, like me, come up together, hopefully. No, you need a real name or we're not going to, investors want to invest on us, right? So, and I'm like, how do I get a real name? And I realized, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of, actors that also dabble in the comedy world right so then i started doing stand-up to be able to get to meet people because they'll respect you a little bit more if you stand on that stage they'll talk to you right like i met a couple comedians big name comedians i don't want to name drop that i would never have the courage to talk to but once i was like hey i'm a comedian they're like hey like the, the wall comes down a little bit it's weird it's a club right and if you go on that stage for enough time um you can be a member of that club. That's the beauty of the comedy club is like anyone can join as long as you're, you're really doing it consistently and you're growing, right? Like your intentions and talents show after a while. There's only so far you can fake. And so, so I'm doing that so I can meet more actors to be able to sell them on my scripts, to be able to write and direct, collaborate with them. Right? So that's what I'm doing based on that is, that's the game plan. That's the next move is go on stage, make friends, be funny. And then side note, turns out comedy, one of the funnest things in the entire planet. If you're a creative person and you're thinking about writing and directing only, look into comedy because writing is such a lonely sport. You write 120 pages and then you have to have people read to get some input, right? Like your close friends. Your close friends don't want to read 125 <laughs> pages of your work. You know what I mean? Maybe once. They're not going to read it two, three times, different scripts, different drafts. I, I, I think I still stuck with this thing. I'm stuck with this thing. I feel like you have to do things like we do in Silicon Valley. And I don't consider myself a hustler. I consider myself a hacker. And why hacker? Because I'm a man of hacking. I'm not hustle. Hustles to me is like always, it, hustling to me sounds like cheap. Oh really? Sounds cheap. Effort. I guess to me, I define it. You as, know? I define it as extreme effort. To me, hustling is like effort. Just yeah, but I feel like effort as at, a hacker, at all costs. But as a hacker, I feel it's different from a hustler. A hacker is somebody who's mm. always thinking intricately. Someone who's using sword. skills. Someone has a technical know-how, a background, and they do it with this technical know-how and of execution. 
right and in they, and out clean. they hack ways into life right they're, but they're very strategic and they're, they they take some type of like knowledge i like that right instead of just somebody who just hustles like hustles like to me it's like it's like kind of like you just keep on pushing it's kind of luck it's kind of like you just yeah you come up with this you throw some stuff over here you throw some shit over here and it just kind of happens if you keep on doing it i admit it people that are i deem cool have used the word hustle I know. As a kid coming out. I know. And, and it's stuck. Yeah. I'm just not. But a, you're I, right. Like that's, hacking is a cool word. Hustle is a cool and word. And the reason why I say that is because like, you can't hack a fucking podcast and do the sound engineering. You can't do the color correction. Yeah. You can't build the system, the business model. You can't, you know, think of the what mics, the, the set design. Right. This is not fucking, Lighting. this is not hustling. Right. There's technicalities to this. Yeah. I guess, I guess. So to me, it, it's a hack. And then there's also the social media marketing. But then the hustle comes, like the hustle part comes in consistency you know like you driving from uh frisco here that's a hustle or silicon valley to here that's i feel it's just resilience well well, right but that that could be like the hustle you know like no one's hustling like me i'm coming from i'm driving from silicon here you know what i mean okay like like that's That's a crazy thing so so both but you're right i I agree with you 100 percent, and it's interesting and i'll include hacking in my vocabulary i just feel like i do what it takes to get the job done 100 with a technical efficiency to do so you sit in front of it for an hour every day eventually you'll finish right i mean because you could say a hacker is someone who's hustling because they're sitting up all night figuring out shit they're ha- they're hacking Everybody, into computers yeah, it's, it's interchangeable. they're figuring things so uh, but that's why i say I, I lean towards more of the hacker versus the hustler because the hustler he kind of can just like go talk to bill go talk to bob and he'll just yeah. you know who figure some shit out and it's like oh shit he, he doesn't it almost feels like they don't belong in the room but they just got in there fake it fake it till you make it yeah that, there's no substance into hustling to me in a sense hacking there's 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 talent there's skill set there's an education behind it but there's talent into like manipulating a situation i'm not saying that to, to you but i'm not doing manipulating no no but you see I'm what i'm saying this right, is what i'm saying right 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 you see what i'm saying you see where right. it goes right do you see I'm what with, i'm going no, I like, like it. you see a guy in the corner of the street like right it. yeah and you know he's selling shit oh he's hustling but what do you call what do you call it because this has been my career i just kind of lied and got into different rooms right mm, like I when see. i got my job at kinko's they're like do you know photoshop for example right this is 1998 1998 nine or whatever they're like do you know photoshop and prior to that I, I was like a host at wolfgang pucks or whatever all these like other kind of jobs right yes i know photoshop what the hell's photoshop i google photoshop right or not google i like read about photoshop that's and hacking I'm, and i'm illiterate right i had to like read about photoshop and then but i got in because i lied right and but i survived yeah I but hustled. you but you, the, the hard part is i faked it till i made it you you actually but you had to do it so that was a hack. You actually, you hacked the system. You got into the job. But faking it till you're making you it tricked, would work You tricked also. the situation, but you actually had the, you had the actual skills to execute it. You learned the skills. That was I a, had the drive. The dri- not just the, the drive. You learn. had the technical know-how to figure it out. You executed. You hacked your way into the job. I like this. And you got it done. You're selling me. I yeah. like it. I mean, I like it all. I, I, I'm I, a fan of fake it till you make it phrase. I do like that. I know some people don't like it. I hate it. it. I, I, I like that I hate phrase. it because I'm not faking shit. I am. <laughs> I but I am. I like just feel when like I, when I made my first film, uh, I never had made a movie before, right? All I knew was what I kind of thought I knew. Point the camera, whatever, Le- and then I learned about lighting and all this stuff, right? All that, and it worked out. Um, but 
please watch it the night before that info. <laughs> but but my point is that like I knew nothing, so I literally was like f- faking it in the moment. But if you have if your superpowers in the creative field, you know, what I mean, some people are great in, with math, right? They can just figure shit out, but they don't know that they can figure out. Isn't that faking it a little bit? I don't really believe in necessarily faking it. I just feel like there are some things that you have to do. It's necessary for the hack. It's necessary for the hack. It's very matrix. Like you have to do certain things in order to get the hack to work. It's a hack. I don't believe in faking. Like faking to me seems like I'm synthetic. I just tricked you into doing something that I knew I could already do. So how was I faking? Interesting. I'm not fucking, you just don't know who I am. You're like Neo, bro. You just don't know who I am. Right. Just because you don't know who I fuck I am doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I'm faking. Was Will Smith Will Smith before he was fucking Will Smith? I I, bet he was. Before he smacked Chris Rock, I'm pretty sure he knew he was, you know, yeah. Can I I share something with you? Uh, I know we got to go, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was, you know, I work at a place with amazing people and... I don't want to name the place, but I work at this particular place and I wanted more growth. Right. And I kind of told my manager, I was like, look, my, my, not my manager, but like the head lady in charge. She's like the greatest boss I've ever had in my life. Right. And I've had a couple good ones, but she's incredible. And I told her, I was like, you know, the guy who's managing me, my career director, also a very cool person. Right. But he's very busy. And I was like, he, he was kind of like not, accepting of my skills right like 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 not he wasn't hating on me like that but he just hadn't seen a creature like me in real life does that make sense like like just people are like oh if you're this good then why are you not famous right is that tiktok thing because you ain't share my shit bro have you seen that tiktok account why are you not famous because you ain't share my shit but like like he had never seen somebody like me in in the flesh so he just thought I'm just another one of these guys, right? But like since I've worked there in front of his eyes, right? I was like, because I'm one of those people that I announce before I do. It's like a very important thing for me. I tell everyone before I do. I'm going to make a movie. I'm going to do comedy, right? I'm going to do whatever, right? I tell everyone. That way I'm held responsible, right? Um, but I, I told in front of him, I was like, I'm going to make a movie. And he was like, in front of the whole office, oh, I don't think you know how hard it is to make a movie, right? I invited him to my, my premiere at the Manchinese Theater. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he didn't go, but I mean, he wasn't hating on me, but he was like, uh, right? And then I was like, after my movie, I was like, I'm going to do comedy, right? Next thing he sees me performing at actual comedy clubs. Now, it's not the comedy store. You know, I'm, I'm, you're not really in the comedy game necessarily until you've done like eight years. You know, there's like things. That's like a number, but but I'm still performing at real comedy clubs in front of real people, not open mics. You know, I'm also doing that. But but now he sees that too, right? Like everything, all these things that he has deemed almost like very difficult or impossible to do, I've done it in front of him. And I and I tell him, I go, I go, I can do all these. But he's like, when it comes to like advertising or directing jobs or whatever, he's like, oh no, you can't do this, right? And I'm like. Bro, I've done things that are a million times harder than what you think, like making a movie and doing stand-up comedy. You don't think I can write an email to a client and sound professional, you know, like those kind of things. And so I had this talk and I was like, he's never seen 
a creature like me in real life. And I'm not being like egotistical or anything like that. I'm just saying, look me up and and judge for yourself of, of my like effort. Now, you know, and so and I said that to my boss, and she understood, and I felt justified, you know. But that's what it is: is people. If you're one of those ones, if you're not an outlier, but if you're just so hungry that you're just doing it, you know, if you're so hungry that you, you're creating and no one else knows, sometimes you have to fight for yourself. And it may sound arrogant to people and it may sound cocky, but if it's your actual honest story, if it's your truth, I hate those words, my truth, but if it's your truth, right, um, then don't be ashamed of it. Tell people because the people that are real will understand you. Like she understood me talk with him now he understands me like he understood me he he wasn't hating on me you know what i mean but he was so busy in his own world that he wasn't seeing me for me right and so i had to just shine some light on myself for him and now opportunities are growing and that's just it you know and i did that to my boss at, at the risk of losing my job you know um so and if i lose my job i lose my freedom to be powerful because my superpower right now is i make money in advertising i'm self-sufficient and then i take that money as a tool and i make things right and i grow creatively whatever that may be and that's the funnest game you can do in the whole world you know and i could chase i could chase this guy you know and so so i but i risked it and i said that and i and i used those words as arrogance that was i was like i don't think he's ever seen one like me in real life You've never seen it. Like you've seen people like me, like on TV, because they 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 had a different career trajectory. They became famous or whatever. They became a childish Gambino. They became Kanye West. You know what I mean? Like I have that drive. I never had that success, but doesn't mean that I don't have that ability. Doesn't mean you don't have that ability. So people love to keep you down and put you in a box, but sometimes you gotta fucking stand up for yourself, and you gotta know that you you gotta be able to burn down the house to build a new one. You know, in my case, it worked out. They didn't fire me, <laughs> right? Because I am real. Like my value to the company, what I produce, because I design all the events, I design the look and feel from scratch. You know what I'm saying? I I produce for five to six years over there, like big events. Um, so, so luckily I have a good leader and she was able to see that. But I, I, I highly recommend that you have to like fight for yourself. People want to get discovered, but sometimes you just got to tell people, no, like you're wrong. I am this. I think, you know, I think it's deep and I understand you. I feel like you don't really. It's just my story. No, no, no. And I, and I understand it. I just think that you don't have to focus your time on proving someone else wrong because you end up, you end up, you're not solving the problem that for yourself and you're not creating a solution for everyone else. You're, you're doing it to show somebody else that you can do it. And no, then but you- it's opportunity. You're fighting for opportunity. See, that's the thing. If people don't give you opportunity, like I'm not rich enough to give myself the opportunities I want. But people aren't going to give you opportunities. You got to take your opportunity. That's what I'm saying. So you go in there and you got to be able yeah, you got to be willing to burn the house down sometimes. Yeah, but you got to you can't you can't use them as an as a reasoning for is what I'm saying. That's just a, a distraction. If you want to use that to use that as motivation to to fight to do something amazing to help people, that's fine. But as a reasoning it's like, "Oh yeah, this person said I can't do it, so now I'm going to do it." But if it's your boss, it's like a place where someone has direct control over you. 
It's that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, like, that's so, someone might be in that situation where they're like, they're not understanding. Me, yeah, but know? typically what I do to people like that is I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and do it and do it for someone else, but not them. Not and I'm them. like, hey, bitch, you see me over here? Yeah. The thing you said I couldn't and do, I'm normal, doing it for somebody that, else. That's normal. And I have another, and I have a better a better more position money, and more money. Yeah. What that, are we doing? That's here? typically the move. But also sometimes you like where you are. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Like I like where I am. Yeah. But nothing wrong with that. But you, it's it's this it's this thing where you have to fight for yourself and just because i guess my thing is if you fight for yourself doesn't mean you're arrogant doesn't mean that you're like cocky it just means that you're passionate too what's going on with this new generation man i just had a friend of mine you know he just you know he texted me on the, the ig he's like hey look you know um here's my gofundme for what he's having neurological or psychotic issues and depression and he's opening a GoFundMe for twelve thousand dollars. I'm like, hey, bro, five hundred thousand a month for your insurance. To like, cover what that. are you talking about? Like, seriously, go, go figure that. out your fucking self. You got to figure out shit yourself in this world. Nobody's gonna give you a guy. Nobody gives a shit. You yeah. know, nobody's gonna feel sorry for you because you're a guy. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I've never asked anybody for money. I've never taken government money. Right? I mean, we took pandemic money. They f- send a check. Did you get one of those? I got one. Like, nah, too much money. They don't give you that shit. No, they do. No, nah, they didn't. They sent me money. They didn't send me shit. I ain't broke. No, they didn't send me shit. Interesting. Yeah. How much money you got? Yeah. They didn't send me no money. I'll tell you that. Uh, you didn't get twelve hundred dollars? No, I got twelve hundred dollars. No, I was surprised. My girlfriend was like, "How you get twelve? I'm like, they start sending it to I think to everyone. <laughs> yeah, everyone got it. But no, people were getting. No, I'm saying people you're... were getting paid. They were getting like a bunch of checks. No, but I, yeah, the the if depends on. But I think everybody. Everyone alive got twelve hundred dollars. So you have twelve hundred dollars mm. coming to you. You should look into that. All but, right, cool. But 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 you're like camera, yes. But like my 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 thing is, um, I've never asked for money, never taken money. So I don't get when people ask for money. It's like get a job. Honestly, I'm like get a job. You have mental health, fair. The government should help you then, if that's the case, right? Because I I'm gladly like I gladly I pay a lot of tax. I pay my share of taxes you know what i'm saying like i do and it's not a flex or anything like that but i'm saying i well i pay taxes and i'm gladly pay taxes so we take care of the people i just pay. don't i just think so, when people i typically see when, for more money no i think when you show people that you have some type of money of some sense then everybody starts asking you for money like it's you, weird like you, you post shit on instagram iranians we don't like persians like we don't ask for money we're too proud. Like, I don't know any person that asks for money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I find it a very uh, American, like, middle America kind of thing. To ask well, I think money. it's like, I mean, well, none of these people are American, first of all. Most of these people are like, if they are their first generation. First generation people ask for money? See, I, Fuck I've yeah. never come across Fuck that. Fuck yeah. This, this I'm in Cali, thing. bro. This is a new <laughs> thing. All the first generation people I know yeah. are just happy to be here. Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying because, like, b- uh, when I do comedy, a lot of times people are like comics go up there and they're like, and when I mean by first generation, I mean born here, born parents here. not. Still, yeah, okay, maybe that's that's first generation too. Yeah, what's the one? First generation where, means like you're so I'm you're not, born here. You're not first generation because you born weren't here, born but here, but I, I was born here. You were born here. I was. Born oh, that's here. right. You're in a plane. That's right. But when I was eight months old, you I went, went back Iran. over there. So I'm a weird hybrid. Right. You were born in America, but you lived there. Yeah, I'm, I'm a weird go. hybrid. Yeah, like, but. So that's what first generation means, huh? If yeah, you're first generation. Here. I'm weirdly first. But you were weird because you went back. You I'm a first generation there. with an asterisk. 
Right. Like I didn't grow up. I don't know how to speak English like that. I don't know. Right, right. You were you weren't raised here. I wasn't raised here. You were just born here. And I just got the passport dipped, dipped yeah. back in. Typical. <laughs> Shout out to mom. <laughs> Shout out to mom. <laughs> Thank you, mama. But but yeah, like so so that that's weird to me too. And I, I don't I don't get it. I've worked since I was thirteen years old to this day. I took my first vacation at thirty five, you know, after I bought the two condos, all that shit. So I don't get when people ask for money like that. I, I don't think, either. I, I think it's such a privilege like way of thinking. I think so too. I think this is the culture, man. Everybody's begging for money now. But anyways, let's let's talk about this before we get off the pot. You know, you know, you had a time in your life. You know, where time is going. You know, life is good. Life's got a nice, good. beautiful girlfriend. I'm living it. You got a nice uh, Porsche. You Ameri- know, American. Yeah, you're from, a comedian now. From, from homeless. You're a celebrity comedian now. Yeah, I mean, like homeless. amazing. Yeah, thank you. So, with that being said, let me ask you this question. Multi-properties. What do you want to be? What? No, 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 no. This is a little bit deeper. <laughs> no, I'm just bullshitting. You're gone. I'm dead. What do you want to be remembered as? Oh, like, I already know exactly what I'm going to be remembered as. So I'm going to leave everything I have to my girlfriend. No, no, no. What do you want to be remembered as? A guy who did everything he wanted to even though like he shouldn't have been able to right this is who arash razagi this is this is who he is yeah he he chased he chased curiosity honestly you know he wanted to learn even though he hated school he had a true love for learning his way the hard way (laughs) gotta burn myself a couple times in that fire but once i learned it once i get the fundamentals watch out you know what i'm saying like it's all about fundamentals like for me you get fundamentals of anything comedy advertising creative design uh, concepting filmmaking directing you get that fundamentals of any of those fields you're unstoppable right you let your brain because then your brain's on autopilot you don't have to think anymore and only creative stuff comes out because everything else every move you do is correct so for me you hate it but third best in every room. All right. I want to be remembered. I know you don't like it, but third best in every room is if I ever got a tattoo, I'd get that as a as a tattoo. Hey, well, it's not about what I like. It's at the end of the day, it's what you like. That's why I ask that, you. That's what, true. But who do you want to be remembered opinion, at? Your opinion matters. Awesome. Me. You know I like you, bro. Same ways. Likewise, Arash Razagi, my brother. Let's do it. Follow me on Instagram. Arash is dead. I've learned how to promote myself. You see this shit. <laughs> I'm learning. Get your TikTok on. Arash is dead at Instagram. I don't have a TikTok. Thank you very much. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen. The Kids in the Room Podcast. The Kids in the Room Podcast. That's right. That's right. Brought to you by Moo Faces TV. Let's go.